Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Malari. So tonight is my last live episode here in the WZBC AM Sports Studio. There you go. You hear the applause there from John Deswara, BC Athletic Superfan, which I mentioned to you the, the other night for coming on the podcast people? before. JD, here he is. Man of the people from uh, New York, right? Lachmont, New York. Brooklyn, New York. That's right. Brooklyn, New York. You're not from Brooklyn, dude. He's not from Brooklyn. He's from Lachmont, New York. <laughs> and then you have Dan Barron's here to the left of me, the king of Hasbro Heights. How we doing, Dan? Uh, we're having a great time today. Great time today. It's been a good day. Hi, JD. How you doing? I'm super. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good about where this night's he- headed. I can't wait to get started. All right. So here we are. This is my last live episode, as I said. Thank you guys so much for listening in. It's been a journey every step of the way. This is actually my 36th live episode here in the studio this year. So between last semester and this semester, it's my... 155th episode overall, my 36th live on here this semester, and then if you combine last year and this year, so two years worth, this is my 60th live episode, so thank you guys so much for always listening in, thank you guys for coming on, this, on the podcast a lot, you guys have been on here a good amount. We do what we can. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone that's been listening in every step of the way, whether it's the first episode or the 60th episode and anything in between, it's much appreciated, thank you. I do apologize for my voice, we've had quite a week of like dances in the Red Sox games, my voice is kind of toast, but... Uh, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it happen. It's senior week, so you got to persevere and make it happen. Throw uh, dry. We went to the Red Sox game Monday night. Tough loss. That was no. the first activity of senior week. Tough loss, but got to see my boy Jaron Duran and Alex Verdugo and Tana Hoke. That was cool. Sox won the next two games, though, at least. We took two or three from Seattle. Uh, two blowout wins the last couple of nights, and Jaron Duran has been hot. So yeah. I know you're a big Jaron Duran guy. Yeah, he's an absolute truck and center, and you, you love the speed that he brings and elite power. So, I mean... Uh, the sky's the ceiling for him, so... Uh, I hope so. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what he can do, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just love the athlete that he is. Um, Me too, yeah, he's a Jet. Bring some, bring some nice athleticism to the team, because um, they don't have a lot of guys that I would say are the most athletic. Well, I'm just um, that I would agree with you. With, like, Yoshida and Devers, they're not the most uh, nimble out there, I'll say. Um, so, I think he brings a different, different skill set to them. Um, 100%. And I love that he's an absolute truck. He brings a lot of speed. I mean, you look at the last few games, all three games of the series, he reached base with a hit. The last two games on Wednesday night, last night, he was two for three with an RBI and a walk, so three or four on base. And then the last, the game before that, so the second to last game against the Mariners, this was Tuesday. He was two for four with two RBIs, a home run, and an RBI single with a stolen base, hitting 361 on the year, adding in 19 RBIs, which is very impressive. Considering he only had 17 last year in 58 games, he already has 19 in 28 games, hitting 361. Also has 16 runs scored in 28 games. So he's been getting on base, yeah. scoring runs. Obviously, 19 RBI is impressive too, and he's hit 361. So, you know, I'm psyched, and I know you are as well with what you've seen from him. Yeah, did they have him batting leadoff? Or leadoff, leadoff? Uh, the game we went to. Leadoff. Uh, he's batting leadoff for a game, and then Verdugo took leadoff again last night, I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, batting, batting leadoff and hitting 361, That's you can't ask for more than that from a leadoff hitter for sure. Um, and you love that he brings a little extra pop there as well. Um, extend that lineup a little bit. 100%. Um, especially when you have uh, Devers and Verdugo hitting some time after him. Definitely, um, yeah. If he, can, if he can get on in front of Devers, that's huge. 100%. So we start off with the Red Sox. We're going to talk about senior week really quick. Uh, talk about how that's been going. Obviously, we still have a few more days left. We graduate Monday, but we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, if anybody is interested in calling in, just give me a text. Uh, most of you probably have my number, I'd imagine. If you don't, 617-596-3150. 
I am saying it live on air, so if anyone is listening in, they have my number now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Anybody can give me a text if they're interested in calling in at some point. I'll be here probably, probably from 6 o'clock, which we start a little bit late, so I apologize, till 8 o'clock. Uh, so if anybody wants to call in 5, 10, 15 minutes, we're wide open to talk anything. These guys will be in here probably for another half hour till about 6.45 or 7. We're not uh, going anywhere, guys. We're not leaving. <laughs> uh, it's the Keith squad. It's the Keith squad here live yeah. in the studio. So yeah. Huge uh, shout out to Keith. It's been a huge inspiration to us for the past... Over a year. For the past over a year. <laughs> and here we are. We're still kicking. And, yeah. uh, and obviously, we've been tight ever since. So thank you guys for coming in. Much appreciated. So we'll talk about Senior Week. So we had the Dance of the Decades dance on Tuesday. I was yeah. James Dean, 1950s. My mom came up with it last second. It worked out. What were you guys' costumes? I was doing uh, 60s golf, and there were some haters coming up to me telling me that it was also 2023 golf. But um, it's fine. It's fine. We took the L. We took the L. But I, I tried. I tried. I put in some effort. They better get it fixed, and they better get it fixed fast. <laughs> <For> <laughs> and sure. that's a quote from our boy Joe Judge, former New York Giants head coach. What about you, J.D.? What were you for the Dance of the Decades? I don't really remember too well, but I think I was going in as an Italian mob boss. <laughs> you were, I think, something like that. Uh, well, for me, <laughs> yes, I mean, we, sure. I was 1950s. I guess you had a mob boss already, and then you had 60s golf. So all three different decades. What, you had the... Uh... You had, like, the long sleeve black shirt and, like, black pants. Was that it? Or white pants? Yeah. Something like that? No, I also had a, a, a white uh, jacket, white hat, sunglasses. And we got some good pictures, didn't we? Uh, yeah. We did. That's, that's, that, that sounds like a mob boss to me. Yes. So. So, yeah, that was JD's costume. <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I know Joey, I don't did. don't censor me. <laughs> you're good. You're fine. We took some nice pictures, so people will see it at some point. <laughs> okay, in moving on. Uh, we'll move on. All right, so now we have tomorrow night commencement ball. I know you guys are excited about that. Today we have yep. the senior toast. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, what, probably like half the class, at least maybe two-thirds of the class at the toast today. So we had a lot some of kids. beautiful pictures. We did get some good pictures in front of Gasson. On Shout out there. to Slainsley. Slainsley, for sure, for yeah. sure. She took some good pictures of us. Yeah, uh, yeah, had a great attitude about it, too, so. I well, know. We got some nice pictures, which worked out, and now tomorrow's commencement ball, and then. Us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of looked at us, but like also kind of ignored us at the same time, so it's a, it's a little. Real it's progress. Yeah. We yeah. do graduate Monday, so we only have a few <laughs> days left, so we are making the best of it, as you can tell. <laughs> Uh, it's been a great journey, though, boys, since freshman year. Yeah. Dan lived right next to me. JD lived on the first floor in the building we lived in. And every memory in between, we've been, we've been lit and tight. So it's been, it's been sure. legit since the beginning. Yeah, I was talking to someone yesterday about uh, uh, someone asked me, like, where I lived uh, throughout my time at BC. And I was like, damn, like, basically everyone that I know was in Keys 3, which is crazy. Yeah. The entire, the entire mod was filled in Keys 3, so... Stay tight. We stay tight. We've been, we've been, we've been real since the beginning, honestly. Yes, but, we've really been inseparable ever since Keith. Yes, <laughs> but I think if you look back at one thing, you look back at the yeah. moment that you lit up Dan in a hallway playing football on a Tuesday Ooh. night in September of 2019. Uh, yeah. Go back to the Boss Stool Boston College account. You can see JD lighting up Dan while playing football. I snapped the boss playing center. Yeah. Uh, you got lit up in the hallway by JD. Obviously a tough play, but you look back and it's a good memory. Yeah, I mean, it was a good memory, uh, especially because I didn't hit my head into the wall. So if yeah, I did, then, you, then, you then, you then up. that would be a, that that would different, be a different story. story. It, was, it was only a few inches. So um, it's very, very happy that that didn't happen. But uh, it was also kind of an unfair matchup because I got no running start and JD ran up the entire hallway. 20 so. yards, yeah. JD had a 20-yard head <laughs> start. A little bit close. of a miscommunication on the lineup. Yeah, it didn't I, work out. I yeah. received the I received the handoff, looked up, and got absolutely killed. Got bundled, <laughs> but you took it like a champ. You took it like a champ. So, respect to Bezo, absolute legend since day one. JD John is the BC athletic super fan, been a legend since the start as well. Uh, and I did on that. I did receive a signed Jerry York puck. You did on it, and he's a big BC hockey yeah. fan. So we can we can relive anything you guys want for, for a few minutes before we get back into sports talk. Your favorite memories. 
I know yours, obviously, the signed Jerry York puck. Same Dopp playing person, Eric Dopp, former BC goalie last year. It's a pleasure. Transfer from Bowling Green. I know you were a big fan of him. Obviously, things Huge didn't work out. I, this year with Benson. Wish we could have kept Dopp back. Mitch Benson didn't, didn't, uh, didn't make the cut. Didn't live Stop. up to, my, to the expectations set by Dopp. Dopp was better, but you were right about Nikita. <laughs> Nikita, was, Nikita was a wagon. You were right about Nikita. Mm-hmm. You said last year, Nikita, Dopp, and Jerry. That's the way we're going to win. You're right about Jerry, right about Dopp, right we about Nikita. lost all three of them now. You're right. All three are gone. I know. And we're losing you, too. You're going to be gone. We're all leaving. <laughs> Where's we're this losing program us. going? We're losing the BC Athletic Superman. How many games did you go to between women's hockey, men's hockey, basketball, baseball, football, tennis, fencing? You went to everything. Soccer. How many games did you go to combined? Between Just an my estimate. trips to Newton, Just an to estimate. Brighton, Alumni, the Plex, what have you. <laughs> probably, probably, maybe close to 100. I would say probably like 85 to 90 to yeah. 100 probably, yeah. You went to every game possible. <laughs> every game possible, which I respect. I no one's a bigger fan as you. I played you. my day around it. Yeah, he sent notifications on his phone when like he actually had it on him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked out though, didn't it? It did. It didn't work out. So, it's been quite a journey since Keys though, and we've been tight ever since the beginning, boys. So, what a journey it's been, huh? Yeah, I'd say probably, uh, what, my, my 22nd birthday? That's probably my favorite BC memory. We got... All the boys out. Yeah, um, it was a good night. Random night. It was like a Tuesday Thursday night, night or Wednesday, Wednesday night. It was a Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday night. And uh, I mean, outside of senior week, I don't think we've ever gotten like everyone to come out at the same um, time. Yeah. And like it was also since we were go- just going to city side that like like everyone was there and it like wasn't packed, so it was definitely it was a special night for sure. Hundred uh, percent. I got people my favorite. Five minutes. JD was there. He stepped what in. About, he was there. What about your twenty-first birthday though, Dan? That was a good time, too. That was you also know. special. That was also special. I think any birthday. I think my birthdays, too, were always good. You know, it's always fun having your birthday. Yeah, JD put on, a, put on a big performance. Uh, very, Not as uh, big as a performance that I did for his bachelor party. Uh, yeah. You don't want to know about that one. Dan did uh, have a mod wedding, actually, this past year. I did. Not even, I, did. I was, said year, but the past was, week or two. That was also special, but, I mean, if, if, uh, <laughs> if my <laughs> wife was actually uh, thrilled to be involved, uh, I, I think it would have been uh, a little bit more special. But, yeah, uh, so the, <laughs> this, the, what a mod wedding is, we live in the mods, which I like little townhouses type of thing, and there's, like, a backyard and everything, and people have like fake weddings every year just for the sake of it yep. uh, and you line up you have like you know a carpet type of thing and everybody walks down there's uh, you know a band which JD was the band actually was doing the orchestra for us when we came in what were you doing you were doing uh, what song I did Here Comes the Bride Here Comes the Bride yeah the JD bride did it yeah. uh, JD it's, was the orchestra by himself single man yeah. orchestra uh, which was great yeah it's a it's, it's, it's kind nice of a ceremony. big production because everyone everyone tries to make it look like a, like a real wedding but the idea is to have two people that are not actually romantically involved at all. In this um, case, was the opposite, though. It was for a good time. You know, that's what <laughs> yeah, we do it for. Yeah, yeah. Do it for a good time. So it worked out. Uh, it was a good time, so that was probably one of the better, better uh, days, too, this year. I'm trying to think of my favorite memory overall. I would honestly say, I'm trying to think, when your buddy Adam came, it was, it was a journey. It was a good time. <laughs> Dan's buddy from Hasbro Heights, Adam, you were there. It was a good time we went out with Adam. Uh, I'm trying to think back, my favorite memory, though, this year. It's tough. Honestly, senior week's been a blast. I would say the most fun I had was Dancing with the Decades, partly because you know, the music was unreal, but also everybody was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the studio right before it, actually, and my voice wasn't great then. It's still not great now. But they played a lot of good music. They played 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, mm-hmm. 2010s, you know, 2020s. Played a lot of good music. Ja Rule was in there. Uh, Fat Joe was in there playing What's Love by Fat Joe. I was going off. It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. They played a lot of good songs. I was having a time. Uh, they also did play Take Me Home Tonight, Eddie Money. I was psyched oh. with that. Uh, they played a little uh, Van Halen jump. Heard that good song. 
can't remember Jump, actually. But Jump, they played. Jump, they played. Jump is when we walked in, like, right around the time we were going uh, okay, in. Okay, okay, I don't think I heard it. But they I played Jump right as we were going in. I don't think I heard any of these. Was I at the same party? You might not know all these songs. I mean, Fat Joe, Ja Rule, no one's going to probably know except for me because of my siblings. <laughs> so, uh, it was a good time, though. It was a journey, obviously. Also, and mentally, I don't know if you were actually at that party, so, yeah. <laughs> JD, had, JD had a good night. We all did, though. It was a good time. But yeah, yeah, great time. If you look back, though, I'd say that was probably one of the better nights, so I've had a PC since I was having a time on the dance floor dancing. It was great. Great time listening uh, to all that music, and obviously everybody was out, which was cool. So yeah, it was a great night. It was just weird that they that they stopped every every now and then, and would go would would, would start counting down and say Boston College. And then, yeah, you know, it was a little awkward, but uh, but it was nice that they got to play like a little bit of each decade. Um, I had a good time with that. Definitely. Um, hear uh, hear a bunch of different styles of music. Um, Oh, yeah. 100%. Sure. Uh, and shout out to my buddy Liam Kenny. He's listening in right now. Unfortunately, he won't be able to come on tonight, but, uh, or it doesn't look like he'll be able to come on. But Liam, you're always welcome uh, to come into the studio or come on. He's always a pleasure to have on. So appreciate you listening in always. Uh, one night I just remembered. One night we went out last semester, fall semester it was, right during finals. I was writing a paper in the library and we said, hey, you know, I was already writing all day and we said, you know, we already put in the time. We had the gift swap because we did, you know, Christmas gift swap. JD brought. More gifts than anybody I've ever seen to a to a gift swap, uh, Secret Santa uh, presentation. I was bringing the snow. You bring it all. You brought the snow and the rain and the summer and the spring. You brought it all with you. Uh, I which gave it worked out a very a very truthful message too. Just be yourself. So yeah, you did give a lot of gifts, obviously to Jossie. She obviously enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Yep. I, w- I would say that. But that was a night though. I went sure. back to the library, worked on a paper. That me and Dan said, "Hey, screw it, let's go out." Because yep. I worked all day, you worked all day, and we had a good time going out, you know. Yep. So it's one of the better nights I look back at. So we've had a great journey, obviously, all along the way. The football games, basketball games, everything in between all the hockey games. And yeah. JD was at every game, so mm-hmm. he could tell you more more about all the games than I could since I didn't get to every hockey game this year, unfortunately. But uh, the bean pot's always a good time. Always enjoyed that. Um, every football game, the Friday night games are great. The Duke yep. game was awesome. Clemson game was fun. Meeting Malik Cunningham this year, Louisville quarterback was great. Parents weekend, that was. Yep. It was a good time, though. Everything in between. So... And throwing the football outside, I think that's an underrated thing. I mean, I, we look at days and, and nights where there's a party or something or, or an event, right, a formal. I look back and I love those days where just throwing the football outside, throwing the baseball outside, screwing around, playing wiffle ball. Yep. Another great memory, playing wiffle ball, our second to last game, so it was the last regular season game, me and JD. JD's battling with a leg injury. Oh, God. I was battling as well out there. Uh, I think my calf muscle was tight at that point. I had, I had a tight calf for like a week, two weeks. I could barely walk. Uh, but I pushed through and... That was probably one of the better days. We, me and JD had a big game out there. With you had a working match again. Uh, you were two for three though. You ran to first base somehow, and I think I was two for three with a couple RBIs, and we won that game like five to two. You don't want, you don't want to know what we did before. No, you don't. We just played music and had a good time. But if you look back though, there's also some other intramural games that stood out. If you look back at our intramural football days, right? We had a big football win. Uh, it was our second to last game once again. Uh, before our first playoff game. So it was our last regular season game. Then we won a playoff game and lost the next one. But in that last regular season game, we had just us three, BK, Graz, and Atoli, six of us, and we got a huge win. Do you remember that? Got a big win. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, playing with yeah, the, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, hurt calf yeah. muscle, and things worked out, obviously. Yeah, it. it. was great. JD had a, big, a good amount of sacks. He made some big plays. Our defense yeah. had some big catches on the sidelines. Had a couple picks. Graz had two picks. I had that three picks, crazy. and like Graz has two picks. That was crazy. Graz did have three picks, but it got taken back as a rough in the passer by this kid to the right of me, JD. <laughs> that, that other team was too soft. I wasn't happy with them. You came on and talked about them afterwards, so. It was I like they were like feathers. You'd blow them, they'd fall down just crying. Yeah, a kid did. For the sure. quarterback wasn't a big fan of the For physicality sure. brought, but either way, regardless, we did get the win. Graz had a pick six, which was awesome. Two picks, uh, 
on top of that, I had three picks. BK had a good game offensively. You had some big catches and some big plays on defense. Dan Natoli had a couple of big catches on some deep passes. And then Chadu was great defensively. So there you have it. There's a whole breakdown of our uh, whole career and all the good things and uh, great days in between. So uh, now we'll start off with sports. We already talked about the Red Sox. What do you want to get into, NHL? Start NHL? Off start off there, yeah. Start off NHL, and then yep. we can get into whatever, whatever else we want, BC hockey, whatever yep. it may be. Mm-hmm. Who do you guys got left in the NHL? Obviously, you got Vegas, Dallas, we touch on Carolina this, versus Florida. Who do you guys got? Before we touch on this, I think we need to address the elephant in the room, and that is the Boston Bruins. Yeah, it was a tough end to the season. <laughs> it was. I mean, you're not wrong about that. But who? who I was not wrong about you that. You weren't wrong. Who no, was you, right about saying they're not all that? You said they weren't the best team ever. Which you might have been right about. Obviously, things didn't work on the playoffs, so it's all yeah, about true, winning in the playoffs. True, true. It's not about regular season back, accomplishments. You go back to the podcast episode, and you can see JD quoted saying, I don't think they're all that going into the going into the Bruins Panthers series. So, I have to give you credit there, but uh, I thought it was a little ridiculous to say that they're not all that after they did have the record in the regular season. But uh, I do think they got a little unlucky in the playoffs. Um, they're going to have to figure out some stuff um, come come this off season. You can't take the record got, away. They, they still have that. They do have the regular season record, but it's all about winning the playoffs. Yep. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of work to do. But uh, but but for this postseason. Um, well, Dallas, time, Vegas. But, but before last round, I said that my pick was the Devils, so they're out now. Um, I went so Edmonton, now, so yeah, I'm out yeah. too. I went Edmonton before last round. I went. I was over four, I think. I think I had Vegas. I had Vegas because Vegas played. Who did Vegas play? Seattle. No, they didn't play um, Seattle. Seattle played Dallas. It was Dallas Seattle. Vegas they just beat Edmonton. 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 Yeah. Okay, I was wrong in that series. I had Edmonton. I had Seattle over Dallas. That was wrong. I had the Devils, and I had the uh, Maple Leafs. All four wrong. <laughs> All four. They better get it fixed, and they better get it fixed fast. I think I had the Panthers. Um, you did have the Panthers. You did I, have the Panthers, which I was impressed with. I did with. not have the Canes. Um, Tara Vine is back. I didn't miss is, a nine games. He He's playing, yeah. So that's a big ad there for um, Carolina. And I think I had the Stars. I, I was rooting for the Kraken, but... I think I had the stars there. Um, and Knights, I honestly can't really remember, but Knights are a good team, solid. Um, I do think that they will beat the stars. Um, but Hurricanes with Terravine, and they're, they're a scary team. And obviously they just killed the Devils in their series. Um, so, I mean, Panthers have been on a great run, but I think that the Canes will take care of them. Yeah, um, they're they're a I'm solid team all around, um, and Islanders couldn't do anything with them. Uh, Devils got absolutely smoked, so I think they should be able to take care of the Panthers. But I mean, you never know. Panthers, Panthers beat the Bruins, so you can't really look past them at all. They've been surprising. No, you can't can't count them out. Sure. I'd agree with you. There. I'm probably going to go Carolina in sixth there. I think they're the better team. If you look at that statistically, Carolina is the second most. Uh, I follow there. Second most goals in the NHL, I think it was, if I just looked at that right. Let me see. Uh, nope, false. Second best goals against average. 2.56 goals against. So obviously good defense, Carolina, that is. It wasn't goals for, it was goals against, uh, which is pretty impressive. Absolutely elite. Which is great, obviously. Yeah, you need that. Uh, and then if you look at Florida, I mean, they're a scrappy team. Beating the Bruins, obviously, in seven. Coming back down 3-1, then you take five, four games out of five against Toronto. I thought Toronto was going to win that series. I was shocked about that. Uh, the first time Toronto even made the uh, past the first round since 2004. So I thought they were on a roll. I thought they were going to make a run. Playing a team in Florida that barely got in and they end up making yeah. a big round. That's how it goes. If you barely sneak in, 
you can make a run. Look at the Miami Heat. Bailey sneak in, and now they're up 1-0 against the Celtics in the East Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, they're a, they're, they're a very scrappy team. I mean, they have Kachuk, they have Gudis, just guys that can absolutely just... Bobrovsky has turned up. Bobrovsky hasn't played yep. well. Yeah, he hasn't played For well. Sure. Back to form, it looks like. Uh, sure. So I'm going to go Carolina in sixth. I think they're the better team. Yep. I think if you look at Florida, they have had a great run. I'm not going to count them up completely. I wouldn't be surprised if they go seven games. I think Carolina's a better team overall. You get Tara Vinen back. Yep. You obviously have a great goalie. That helps. And you're also starting to get a little bit more of a mix. Obviously, against the Islanders, they were playing good. They, they just had a couple. Then the Islanders won one, right? And they lost the last one close in overtime, uh, right? Yes, they lost in game six. Six. Okay, Islanders took two then. Yeah. Okay, Islanders took two. Yep. So they were a little bit sloppy, though, in a couple of those games. I remember game six it was. The Islanders had a lead at one point, right? And Carolina came back and won the game at OT. Yep. So they played a little sloppy hockey, which I'm not for trying sure. to bring you back. For I'm sure. just saying sure. Carolina put things together this past series. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think they're on a roll. I'm going to take them in six games. What do you got numbers-wise? And I'll go to JD. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, I, I think the Panthers will come out firing, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the Panthers take a 1-0, 2-0 lead. Um, but I do think... Carolina is the better team, so I think Carolina at seven. I would go. Okay, I respect that. What do you got, JD, in that series? It's a tight one. I, I'm going to tip Carolina just because of the way they comfortably beat the Devils. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say, too. They were rolling. They were rolling. They obviously, it's the Islanders. They were sloppy little and finally figured things out now this past series against New Jersey. So I want to roll with them, too. So you got them in what? How many games? Six or seven? Five, I'll six, go seven. 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 Okay. Seven. Carolina at seven. Carolina at seven from these two. And then you got Carolina at six from me. As for the other series, you got Dallas, who beat Seattle. I, I thought Seattle was going to win that series. Seattle did have a good yep. fight, though. Uh, ended up going seven games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got Vegas versus Dallas. Who do you guys got there? This one's tough because, I mean, they're two very, very good teams right now. Similar and teams, too. I did not. I don't think I expected the Knights to beat the Oilers. So. Um, I didn't either. I mean, Knights are are a strong team, but I wouldn't say they're as fundamentally sound as the uh, Hurricanes um, on the other side of the conference. But um, the Stars are very high-octane offense, um, but I think the Knights can kind of keep them in check a little bit, and they also have a little bit of firepower on their own, so... I think if they play if they play their game defensively, I think Knights have it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go Knights and, Knights and six is my problem, I guess, there. I got a couple series in six. Knights and six, Carolina and six. Okay. I like Got a great coach of Bruce Cassidy, too. I like Knights and six. I like that. J.D., what would you say? I can get behind the Knights and six. Look at them. They have 14 most goals in the NHL, 11th best goals against average. If you look at Dallas... Dallas is going to go seventh most goals in the NHL, 3.43 goals a game, and goes against 2.62, which is third best. They're pretty good offensively and defensively. I think Vegas is a better roster. Vegas is a better coach in my eyes. Vegas is rolling. They were better in the regular season as well, uh, just by three points, but not by much, just really a game or a change. But Yeah, I think that's, uh, some like recent playoff experience also comes into it. Like Knights have been, have been at least past the first round the last few years. Um, where stars, I mean, they made the cup, what was it, two years ago, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, outside of that, stars, have, I don't think the stars made the playoffs last year. Yeah, they were um, struggling. When Sagan came back, I think they tried to make a push, but they didn't make it. Um, so, I mean, they, they, they certainly have some experience on that stars team, don't get me wrong, but um, Knights have kind of been a powerhouse over the last few years. I think they figure it out uh, when they need to, um, and I think they make the final. I would agree with you there. I'm going to go Knights in six, Carolina in six, 
you have Knights in six, you have Knights in six, you have Carolina in seven, you have Carolina in seven. So you guys are pretty much the same at both of those, Carolina in seven and Knights in six, and then I got Knights in six and Carolina in six. So see what happens. Who do you guys have winning it? I'm going to go Carolina right now. I'm rolling with Carolina in seven over Vegas. That's what I'm guessing right now. That's, it's a hot take right now because we don't know who's going to win. Obviously, before next series, I'll do another prediction, but as of now, I'm going to roll Carolina. Um, it's, I think if – I don't want it to happen, but I think if Carolina makes it to the final, I think they take it. Um, but if the Panthers make it, I think uh, Knights win it. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I picked Carolina to win – the semi, so I think technically I'll say them, but I certainly don't want that to happen as an Islanders fan. But um, looking at their talent, they just have so much across the board that there's they have no weakness in their on their team. So oh, his injury was tough though. He's out right still. Is he? Is he? Because I think he's still out right. No, Svechnikov's hurt. Svechnikov's hurt. That's who it is. I knew one of them was hurt. Svechnikov, that's hurt. He's yeah. out. He's out the whole series. Oh, the whole yep. rest of the way. Yep, he's still out. So, I mean, but... Ajo's there, yeah. Svechnikov's hurt. I knew one of them was hurt. To, they've been able to take care of the Devils without uh, Svechnikov or Terrivide. So. Will they win that in five? Devils, yep. Five. Impressive. So, heavy. And they were also able to beat the Islanders without much, too much of a problem. Um, I was just struggling in the power play. I think if they were better in the power play, which they struggled yeah. all year, but if they were better on that power play, I think that would have been a big difference. Because yeah. they got a good amount of, of chances. Mm-hmm. you know. But I think the Isles, Fuji, I think, will, will be bright. They're in a better position than the Bees we were talking about money-wise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not a great position, but it's better than the Bees money-wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bruins are just going to have to pick and choose who they can who they can sign. Because, I mean, J.D. knows I love talking about cap space. Am I right? He's um, the cap space expert. Yeah, he is. I mean, It'll go on for hours about cap space. I mean, yeah, Bruins, Bruins, and Rangers are gonna really have to decide who they want to, who they want to keep on because there's just not enough money, um, in the NHL uh, salary cap uh, to pay all these guys, um, and with all the Rangers RFAs and Bruins, got everyone in trades this year. Um, Bertuzzi with, with, with the team that, with the team that they were trading with taking on a lot of cap, so there's just no way that they're gonna be able to pay everyone. And still continue to pay guys like Taylor Hall, Carlo, um, and then also try to re-sign guys like um, Clifton. Clifton, uh, Swayman. Swayman, yeah. Bertuzzi's they're, free they're, agent. Your boy Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi from Detroit. Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi right. Orloff, if Detroit can somehow Hathaway. bring Bertuzzi back, I'd love that. Yeah, Taylor takes him the Red Wings. What do they got to do? Get Bertuzzi back. It's number I, uh, one. He's always been a decent player. I mean, Detroit has so many young players. Um, on the rise with the Ravens. Um, Rockin'. Rocking with Sweden right now. <laughs> How old's Larkin? Larkin? Uh, 26. Yeah, he's like 25, yeah, 26. 26. 26, you drilled it. Okay. Born and raised in Michigan, though. There you go. That's right. Uh, but well, Bertuzzi's in Michigan. They got that defenseman, too, right? Cider. Cider, yeah. He's filthy. Absolutely filthy. So, I mean, they got some They got some good young players, but they got to get some more experience around that. So, it's... I mean, they got a... I think they got a pretty good deal for Bertuzzi, so... Um, First round pick. Should, yeah, so, so they shouldn't, Just a really rental. Be, shouldn't really be complaining with that, but um, he was that experience that they had for on that team, so they're going to have to find some guys to um, give uh, give Raymond some some advice um, on that first line, in addition to Larkin, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they have some pieces. They'll, they, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, them uh, be doing well in the playoffs and... Two, three years, something like that. 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, the time to turn a complete non-contender into a contender it takes probably four to five years. So, Avalanche um, did a really good job of that. They did. With their dead last season, like seventeen, eighteen, or something, they turned around quickly. Yep. With McKinnon shooting out, firing, doing his thing. McKinnon's a stud. And then they won the cup a few years later. Yeah. Yep. McKinnon's a stud. Uh, you guys have the ninth pick in the seventeenth pick, Detroit. You have the seventeenth pick for the Isles, mm-hmm. and then the ninth pick overall. And then you also have the Bees first. I think it's ne- Bees first next year, not this year. Uh, interesting though. Couple first round picks there for Detroit. Pretty good. Let's see what they can do. With nine and seventeen. You could trade nine and seventeen and move up to like four or five if you wanted. I think that even more Islanders pick. That was that from was that from the Horvat trade. Hmm. I mean, the Horvat obviously wasn't on the Red Wings. Um, we said I couldn't tell you. The, the first round pick they had must have been from someone else. Um, that they must have shipped. There is right here. Look. Oh, it's a fourth round pick. Oh, 2023 first. I see. I see. What do you say his name? Ronick. Phil Ronick. So yeah, you traded a first in that one. To the Canucks in exchange for the Islanders 2023 first round. Oh, so Red Wings, so Red Wings traded, traded that. Canucks. Red Wings traded that, traded that with the Canucks. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I was like, I remember Isles trading with the Red Wings. So it's all over the place. I mean, who knows? Is that pick Detroit's now or is that mm-hmm. Vancouver? It's Detroit's. Yeah, so what, ha- what must have happened was Islanders traded for... Horvat gave the Canucks the Islanders first round pick, and then Canucks flipped that with the Red Wings to take that pick. So it's like a bunch of moving parts, but now the Red Wings have that 17th pick. Makes sense. All right, so so a good good building piece there for the Red Wings, huh? 9-17. Bertuzzi's got to go back. Bertuzzi was great. I was just looking at the stats. For the Bees in the last four games, he was. three goals, two assists in the last four games. I think Bertuzzi had a point. zero playoff experience. Prior. You're right. He's only about 25. He's like 29. 28, 28. Jeez, a little older than I thought. Turning 29. I think Bruins love yeah. him. I don't think they'll let him go. Um, they have <laughs> they have a lot of problems with their cap. Paul will I mean, be gone. Think, Coyle will be gone in I my think, eyes. I think they'll sooner trade Carlo. Detroit's got that cap space. Than let uh, Bertuzzi. And Bertuzzi uh, also has that Detroit link. Crazy with, to. You're right. He with does. His uncle? Yeah. I mean, he was, he was a Red Wing for, what, four years? More than that, jeez. Good old Todd Seven years. Seven years. Career, yeah. Seven years, wow. Long time. Uh, is this a hot take? Maybe the Bruins trade, which I know it's crazy to say. When does they trade at Almach? You get back value. Here's the thing of Almach. I think Almach's a good goalie. Obviously fading in the playoffs. Do you think he's going to have as good of a season as he did this year again? He was a career basically backup or, I guess, <coughs> I guess decent starter, right? And turned into a stud this year if he has a winner. Do you think he's going to be able to do that again or no? That's a question. Well, I mean, That's why I think they could trade him. Here's the, here's the thing. Uh... For, for NHL trades, you kind of look to see, like, what cap you can cut. And he, before this year, everyone was like, oh, man, he got too big of a contract. My, me, myself, I said that, wow, he, should, five not, million a he year. should not be getting $5 million a year. And then he had this crazy season. 1.89 so, goals against. Pretty good. I, like, nine, before, this, save before this year, I was saying, like, wow, Boston is paying a backup goalie $5 million. That's what I was saying. So... Now this year he's looking like obviously one of the top uh, goalies in the, league. in the entire league. So um, when you look at it like that, as him as a potential top goalie in the league, five million's a steal. So um, and if say if you trade him to whatever team, you're gonna have to replace him. So 
if Swayman's ready to move into that starting goalie spot, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously done well for the team, but playing 60 out of 82, that's 50 out of 82, something like that. That's what a starting goal, what a true starting goalie does. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's ready for that. Um, and I think the Bruins front office would have a lot of questions to answer if they do trade um, Olmark. So I, I do think that's a pretty hot take. It's a hot take. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying he does have a five-year-dollar cap hit. What is it they don't think yeah. he's going to repeat it? That's why it says a chance to get traded. I'm not saying they should or will. I'm yeah. just saying they could contemplate it. I'm sure they're contemplating yeah. it slightly. You can talk, you contemplate every player in your roster every year. That's yeah. it is in sports, I would you know? say I would say the guys more on the block are for sure Hall, Hall Carlo, Coyle. And, I mean, I know the Bruins like Coyle. I don't, but I... Yeah, it's at least they're playing in hockey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But... Uh, yeah, I hate Charlie Coyle, but uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, what is he getting four, four and a half, four and a half, something like that. Um, so I mean, he's he's overpaid as a third line center, but I mean, five point two five million dollar cap, five point, yeah, okay, that's, with a three million dollar salary, but five point two five cap. I mean, he he certainly has value. Um, but sixteen goals is last year. I don't think they're points. really looking to cut him. Where like when you're dumping salary, that's basically what you do. I mean. With the exception of Taylor Hall, even though he's getting six, seven million, something like that, um, he'll certainly return value. But something like Carlo, six million, uh-huh. something like Carlo, where he's getting four million. If you trade him, you're getting a bag of chips back. So um, maybe like a sixth round pick. But so many times, like you trade these guys who are making four or five million, who don't really have a spot in the NHL, and you have to trade them, and you also have to throw in a pick. So you're literally getting nothing back. Um, Carlo, maybe you get a late round pick back, um, but they do need to make a lot of space to try. I, mean, I think Orlov's gone. Maybe you sign Hathaway, Hathaway. On, a, on a team-friendly $1.2 million. $1.2 million no deal. Yeah, $1.2 million, something like 1. that. $1.5, yeah. Um, but I think for sure Orlov's gone unless they absolutely make a ton of space because he's going to get $6 million. Uh, same thing with Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi's going to get 5 or 6 Yeah, and... That's if if they wanted to sign th- just those two guys, they wouldn't have enough room, and they have like six other spots to fill. So uh, definitely. So I guess we'll see. What do you think they do? You think they get rid of Almark? Keep them. I think I don't rate them very highly. I don't think he's going to repeat this past year. That's the only thing. I think he was great this year. Obviously, Vezina winner was ridiculous in there and faded in the playoffs. So it wasn't great in the playoffs. I I think getting rid of him while his value is high would be a smart move. I think a Let me ask you this: Do you think he deserves the Vezina? I think he does. I think he's going to get it. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he deserves it. He'll get it probably, right? You'd have to think so, right? Forty wins this year. Yeah, and the stats. Let save percentage and goals against. The stats yeah. do speak for nine thirty eight save percentage, but in the yeah. playoffs, eight eighty eight save percentage, three and five record in the playoffs. I wouldn't say he's the best goalie in this season. Who would you give it to, Jay? You know, I, I would. I, you're going to like this. I, I would give it to Sorokin. Let's go, Sorokin. Sorokin. That's what I was going to say. But, uh, playing in front of an Islanders team. I mean, yeah, I mean... 924 save percentage, 2.34 goals against. Without Sorokin, Islanders wouldn't have been even remotely close to making the playoffs. 27, so. too, always on the younger side. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think defense has a huge part to do in the performance of the goalie. Because, um, I mean, you look at Olmark last year, when the Bruins weren't as good, Olmark was average goalie at best. That's what I'm saying. He was always a career backup or a 
average starter. Yeah, so I mean... Now he turns into a great goalie. I don't know if that's going to continue. That's the only yeah. reason I say it. And he got benched in Game 7, so... For, um, for your boy Swayman. I mean, yeah, I, I like Swayman, don't get me wrong, but I, mean, right. I, just, I just don't know. The, the, the starting goalie role is a one of the biggest in the sport um, outside of a top line. Um, so, I mean, to trade to trade Olmark would be, I think, front office would have a, a lot of questions to answer about who's going to replace him. Um, and, I mean, they would have to be very comfortable with having Swayman in that starting spot. Definitely. I don't know if they really are yet. I mean, sure, they put their faith in him for this playoffs, but, I mean, they lost. So, um, not saying it was his fault in the least bit, but, um, and we'll see. Um, me personally, I think Olmark stays. I think they loved what he did this past year, and I don't think they would want to move on from him so so quickly. I would agree with you. It's probably probably what the truth is. I don't think they're gonna get rid of him, but I'm saying they could contemplate it. Yeah, yeah. I, think I think they could, they, could contemplate it. If there's a team, uh, rebuilding team that uh, wants to give him a few picks, um, take on his five million dollar cap hit, right? Yeah, five. Yeah, um, but if they trade him, they're also gonna have to make some more trades to. Uh, bring in some guys because I mean you look at like oh. Frederick. All Frederick's gonna get a raise. He's been getting Trent Frederick. He had a yeah, good year. Yeah, had a great year. Um, and he's been getting like one million a year for the past three or four years. So he's gonna get a raise probably to like the three, three uh-huh. five. Someone like uh, yeah. someone like the Sezikis range. Um, Sezikis legend. Mike Hurley, <laughs> sports guru. Shout out. Uh, but I agree with you there. I, he probably does get a pay raise. The thing with Omak is if he does play up to that. Potentially did this year and, and does that again. He's worth the five million by a mile. Oh, for sure. For but sure. I just don't know if he's going to again. Five million's not that much considering how good he was. But yeah, what's uh, JD? You know what uh, Shesterkin's getting? I right don't know. Um, I mean, because Shesterkin really recently signed uh, a deal with the Rangers. Six million dollar salary. So I mean, yeah, like I mean, and you also you know what Bobrovsky got like ten million a year. So. Nine and a half was it right? So it's like. Elite goalies... Ten. It was $10 million cap hit, $6 million salary, yeah. yeah. Elite, elite goalies get $10 million a year um, if they reach free agency at the right time. So, I mean, paying I an mean, elite goalie $5 them, million is a steal by far. So, JD? If he can take them to the cup, though, this year, Bobrovsky... Yeah, no it's worth complaining. that. Right, yeah, it's worth that for money sure, if you win. Yeah, sure. That's how it always goes in sports. Right? If you win, it's, it, it solves yeah, all the problems. You can't make fun of them for making that much money, then. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know how many more years they have him for, but between paying him and paying Spencer Knight, that's probably $15 million between two goalies, which is way too much, so they're going to have something, something to figure out there. Let's see. I'm going to look at his numbers right now for Bobrovsky. Let's see. Give me a second there. But, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Bobrovsky. He has a couple years left, three years left. He's a free agent in 2026, so three more years. After this year, three more full seasons. That's a long That's time. A That's, a That's a long time. Making bank. They're probably gonna, they're probably gonna dump him soon because they didn't really have their trust in him up until a little recently. So uh, he's someone who might they might try to offload this yeah. season if they can find someone interested. Yeah, ten million is nuts. It's tough to move him. That's that's an eighth of the <laughs> that's an eighth of the entire cap. So there's a lot of money but, there. Like I think the salary cap is gonna be at eighty three and a half for this next year. So. Um, that's ten million dollars next four year, next three years after this. That's crazy. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And then look I at, I mean, before these playoffs, I would not even say he was a top ten goalie right now. 
I would not even put him in that range. So he was before we had not anymore. Oh, yeah, for, five years for, ago. For, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he Columbus. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, we that was, no, he's not. That's now empire. like it's crazy. We've been putting on a run though for them now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Shout out the Bruins sure. too. You know, shut them out. So, uh, so we we'll move on to something else. What do you guys want to talk about? We had NHL Mets. Sure Mets for a minute. Mets. Talk um, some Mets for a minute. A little BC baseball, BC hockey. <coughs> what do you want? Yeah, uh, talk a little bit Mets. Um, talk some Mets. Start to find their footing. Won, won a couple yeah, in a row with the Sox. After losing, I don't know what it was like, five or six eight of series ten. in a row. Eight of ten um, it was. Yeah. Now uh, eight of ten. Just, now they beat the Rays. Um, on that series, of course, it would be against the best best team in the league that they finally win a series when they lose one against the Nationals um, and all these scrub teams. But um, I mean, now now the now the Mets are in an interesting spot because they called up all their young guys to try to give them a little spark plug in the power department uh, because all of their power has come from Pete Alonso. Now he hit his fifteenth fifteenth home run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, outside of Pete, Lindor has been doing nothing. Uh, 16th Martin, home run today. Hit yeah, another one yeah, today. Jeez, one I don't know yeah. hit one today, too. Wow. Yeah, 440, dead center. Um, and you got the win, 2 or 3 against the Rays. Um, but, yeah, outside of Pete, Lindor has done nothing. Marte's done nothing. Marte's been struggling. Nemo's, Nemo's been solid, but, McNeil's, I mean, he's, he's not going to give you he's not gonna give you crazy power numbers, and neither is McNeil, but they're more get-on-base guys, get some doubles. Yeah, average guys, um, you know, for a batting average, yeah, 300. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Vogelbach hasn't been doing much. Canna's not been doing much. Um, so, I mean, they needed some more pop, and that's why I think everyone was like, yes, we got Correa, finally, another guy who can potentially give us 30 homers. Um, and, I mean, outside of Pete, no one's been really doing that. So, I mean, when they called up Beatty, everyone was like, all right, now we finally got... My fault, I didn't mean to interrupt here. No, you're good. Um... Outside of, outside of Pete, I mean, when you look at Beatty, he came up and he started off well. Um, gave, I don't know, maybe a week or so, week or two, was doing amazingly. But uh, now he's kind of cooled off, has uh, like three, three or four homers this year. Um, and, I mean, from a rookie, you can't expect him to be amazing right off the bat. Um, and Alvarez has, Alvarez has recently... Um, turned it around now. I think last night, hit that go oh that game tying home run at the bottom of the ninth, two outs. Yeah, last night we were walking a, a circle. Yeah, last night was a crazy game. Uh, uh, Mets were down two nothing. Uh, got a got a game tying home run from uh, the call up that day. Mark Vientos, uh, I think he's their, I think that he's their seventh prospect, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like that. Five, six, elite seven, power eight. from him. Um, so they called him up to try and jumpstart him in terms of power. Um, and sure enough, first game, two-run homer to tie it. Um, and then they were down. Um, he was 4-4 four for four yesterday. Uh, no, he wasn't. Perez. Michael Perez? Who's that? 4-4. Four for four. Michael Perez. He's like their fourth-string catcher. I'm sorry. He's 4-4, four for four, though. We'll keep uh, going. Vientos was 1-4 with that big home run, yeah. And uh, in, the, in the ninth, uh, Alvarez hit, the, hit a three-run homer to tie it at 5-5. Five, five. And then in the extras, when they were down 7-5, uh, Pete hit a big three-run hole where to win it. So um, they, they got the power when they needed it last night, and today they also got some power from Pete. Um, but I was saying with, uh, with Alvarez, he's recently started to turn around because, I mean, he's only 20, I think he's 21 or 22 years old. So, I mean, he does not have a lot of professional experience in the first place. 
So uh, in the major leagues, he at times looked like he's overmatched with his approach. Um, but he's got he's gotten better uh, because there was some time where he was hovering at around like a like a one ten batting average, um, and now he's up to two twenty. So I mean, still I'm not saying that that's great for the season, but recently he's certainly uh, started to turn around. And I mean, can't complain with what he did yesterday. I mean, just absolutely elite power from him. So if he can if he can make some more contact, uh, I love him as a player. And you get that power from the catching position. Huge. He's young. Huge. Huge. He's young. Yeah, twenty two years old probably. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they got him, and uh, like I mentioned with this kid, Vientos, um, he's another third baseman. Well, they're kind of like trying to figure out if he can still play third or if he could play first. Um, he's more of a traditional first baseman, but, I mean, if you can get that power with Pete um, at third base, um, but he's also that. a righty and Beatty's a lefty, so they're trying to see if they could work some sort of platoon in there, um, maybe have him DH because he's not a great third baseman in the slightest bit. So... Um, they're going to have, I, uh, I saw a little video on the MLB network with, uh, with, um, they were saying that, uh, Buck was running a, running a daycare with all these rookies, uh, between, uh, Alvarez, Beatty, Vientos, and I mean, technically Sanga's a rookie, but, uh, Sanga was a rookie, yeah. 27. Just like Boss Takeshi, that same thing. They're a rookie, technically, yeah, yeah. baseball-wise, <laughs> like in the MLB. So, but. I mean, you can't really say daycare because, I mean, they're, because I mean, Sanga's, not really on the younger side, but I mean, technically, he's a rookie, and he had twelve strikeouts yesterday, which is nuts um, against the best team in baseball. So um, he's been very up and down. But for the two problems with the Mets are lack of power and pitching has been insanely inconsistent. Yeah, um, but they find that footing now. Though. Yeah, I mean, Verlander. I I think Verlander will turn it around. Scherzer's his last start was great. Um, and he's kind of had to deal with this nagging injury, so if he can, if he can deal with that um, a little bit better over the next start, few starts, it'll be better. But uh, the backside of the rotation with Sanga being very inconsistent, um, we'll see what happens. But uh, still not looking too good, even after taking the series. I think that's great, though. Taking two or three against the Rays, winning two of the last two games, that's big. Now the 7-11 in yeah. May. Mm -hmm. 7-11 in May, obviously this team wants to be better than that, but they're yeah. starting to find their footing. Their last series yeah. win before this series was April 16th or 17th against the Oakland A's. So now they're finding their footing. Yeah. I still think this team has the talent to win, win the NL. I still think they're going to win the yeah. NL. I still count on this team. Okay. Tuning them and the Dodgers. Ugh, I said, I said the Mets. That, that might have been my predictions. I can't remember. I might have the Dodgers over the Mets. It doesn't matter. Guys, I think they make it to the NLCS. You know how I feel about the Dodgers. But I think everybody does. But the Mets are finally finding their footing. Difference is now putting a win streak together. The longest win streak of the year was April 12th to the 17th, five games. Mm. This is a team, if they go on a seven, eight-game win streak, that's when they're going to find their footing. They already have two. Seven or eight games, it's not easy to do. But even if they win another couple games, it's a four-game win streak, no one's going to say, oh, you know, this team's officially back. You win seven, eight in a row, that's when people will start yeah. counting them in. They'll be back in the power rankings. Nope. People will start talking. Everyone talks about the Yankees and Mets. Because they're both struggling right now. Two different reasons, though. Injuries. Mets are losing a lot of one-run games. I think they are 7-7 seven and seven in one-run games. Yeah. You know, things just haven't really gone away. But 500 in one-run one games isn't bad. Yeah. But considering this is a team that is a World Series favorite, you want to be a little bit better in those one-run yeah. games. I think that's where not having DS really hurts them because, I mean, well, don't get me wrong, Robertson has done great in their closing role. But if you had Robertson performing well in the setup and then – you have uh, Diaz closing it out. I mean, I think a lot of those, maybe you're, I don't know, 10-4 and four in those uh, one-on-one games. But we'll see. 
Right. Yeah. It's a long season. I'm not, I'm not giving it up on them yet, but it has not looked good. They'll, they'll figure it out. I have confidence in that team. They better get fixed. They better get fixed fast. Joe Judge. For sure. Joe Judge, he knows who he's talking <laughs> about. Uh, but I think they'll figure it out. So now we'll move on really quick. I know you guys got to go in the next few minutes. We got two, two, two topics we can go to. Golf, PGA Championship. I know that's probably where Dan wants to go. And soccer, that's probably where you want to go, <laughs> JD. What do you guys want to talk about last segment before I let you guys go? Because I know you guys got dinner. But could do PGA picks and Lightly soccer, and soccer Yeah, let's do it. Star um, PGA, what do you got? So, so today was the first day of the PGA Championship. So Yeah, so uh, uh, Scheffler's still at minus three. Scheffler's minus three, sitting in second place. Number one's Bryson DeChambeau at minus four. So there's only day one. It's yeah. a long, long ways to yeah. go. It goes till Sunday. Way. but um, Scheffler's been playing lights out recently. Um, hasn't really, hasn't necessarily won in the last, uh, uh, no, I think he actually won something recently. But um, he's been top five in probably the last three or four um, tournaments. Um, I think he gets it done. DeChambeau has not been consistent, not consistent at all over the last year or two. So um, I doubt that he keeps this lead. Um, I think Scheffler does it. Um, gets back on the leaderboard in uh, in a major. Yeah, I hope so. For your sake, did you did you bet on him? I actually did not bet on him. I uh, my my I last like him, my last golf bets did not go well, so I I no decided golf. to hold uh, hold putt with uh, <laughs> with this tournament. I, I love it. I love it. You beast. Uh, so there's your takes on that. I don't really know too much about golf, so it's hard to really pick here. That's why I don't bet on it because you can't really bet on something you don't really know what's going yeah. on. But if I had to pick. I don't know. I used to have my boy Seamus Power, but he is having a tough, tough time out there. Is he I think plus he's, three? I think he's plus three, yeah. Let me see. Plus three. Uh, Irish golfer there. And then Molinari, I've gone with two over, and he's plus three. So they're my two boys there. It's unfortunate. Uh, and Brooks Kepka, your boy, he's plus two on the day. So tough start there. Uh, I don't know. JD, who do you like? you have any picks here or no? I know you're not a big golf guy, so pick a random name. I got you some roll picks here. Right. Dustin Johnson I went with before. Uh, okay. I went with Dustin Johnson to win... The U.S. Open and he lost. Uh, was it, did I go with him in the U.S. Open? No, Masters. It was the Masters. Can't do in the yeah. U.S. Open. What's uh, what's Phil? Uh, Phil, I think he's even. Phil, Let's I see. saw he was even earlier today. Um, Mickelson plus one now. Okay. Well, I mean, a lot of those plus one guys, you have one good day and they could be back up to yeah minus three. Morikawa probably gets back in there. He's plus one right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, any guy, Jenny? Random guy. I'm gonna go, go with my Belgian Peters. Okay. His name is Peters. Thomas Peters. Yep. yep. You're going with Thomas Peters. He is minus one on the day. Uh, minus two, that is. And I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson I went with before uh, in the matches. Didn't work out. He's minus one. I'm not going to roll with him again. I rolled with him before. It didn't really work out, unfortunately. Kepka's my boy. He's plus two. Do I roll with Kepka? Do I roll with Kepka here, JD? I might roll with Kepka. I'd roll with him. I'd roll with him. I, I trust your opinion on it. You know your stuff. You know your golf. So I'll roll with Kepka, I guess. He's plus two. Still got a ways to go. Still another three days, but... Uh, we'll see what happens there. Want to talk BC Hockey, the glory days for a minute before we get into soccer with Dan? Sure, yeah. So obviously we've been here four years, so we saw the glory days the first two years That's and the last right. couple of years have been not the best, but there's a lot of improvement over the last year yes. from about la- third year to the fourth year. Missed out on the NCAA tournament freshman year. Yep. Uh, fell out to St. Cloud, I remember, sophomore year. St. Cloud State, they were good. They were. They were good. We got the bye against Notre Dame, though, so. You're right. But we couldn't make it to Frozen Four or anything. Didn't win the bean pot for us any of the no. years. No bean pot win. Yeah. Which is disappointing. Couldn't make, really make the most of our our years there. 
Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? It is. They needed you out there, a goalie. They could have. That was another memory we forgot to miss. Floor hockey. Yeah. We forgot to mention. JD, best goalie I've ever seen in floor hockey. This kid can honestly play for the BC team right now. On the ice hockey team. You could be out there right now. Only picked up a silver medal. In floor in hockey? Sport. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, you agree. Furthest you had... we, we've gone in any. That was the first we've gone in any intramural league. Right. Yeah. We lost in the finals. You had, what, 60 saves and 65 shots? Yeah. Some, or 60, no, it was 95 goals. It was a like two-to-one game. Something like that. It was 1-1, one, one, and then they won the shootout. So you had, like, between the shootout and the game itself, you probably had 65 saves and 65 shots faced. Yeah. It was nuts. I remember my freshman year, I got tipped to go on a floor hockey team with people I didn't know, and they threw me in goal, and I was like, all right, I, I, I know I can do this. And I just, I just popped off, won, won games that we shouldn't have won. Love it. Hey, and it started a journey. It, but could not get the final win. It started a journey, yeah. didn't it, though? Yeah. And we had, a good, we had a good time. You were great in goalie and could never blame you for the loss. Considering you faced 85 shots a game for us to even be winning games. It was nuts. Because we weren't great defensively, like, in front of you. We weren't. Hey, we, I, we were all right defensively. I'm not saying we were, we're bad, but we just weren't. Yeah. We weren't the best. I mean, none of us yeah, played hockey. I can't hockey, blame you guys, though. Us. Only a couple of us played hockey. You know, not, I had a goal. My first very, game. Not much experience. My debut. Goal right away. Me and Jack Flaherty, 2 nothing win. I had a goal. Jack had a goal. We started out hot. That was my debut junior year. I had a goal right away. And I'm not a hockey player, you know? Just an athlete out there. I know. Nothing more I could ask of you. Yeah, you were great out there. You were great in the net. But if you look back at our time here, though, the floor hockey days were great. I'll miss that for sure. I miss all the intramurals. Football, softball. Uh, you played kickball even this time. How did that go? You can tell, talk about kickball for a minute. Uh, With the hamstring injury. This kid has a torn hamstring, and he was still playing. Very un- unfortunate ending. I had about a 50% home run percentage. <laughs> walked walked into, the, into a playoff game with, with, a, with a torn hamstring. Went, went 0 for 3. You tried your best, though. It's all that matters at the end of the day, JD. <laughs> My leg would just not cooperate. You, you did give it your all, though. Which and we, we, we lost. It was heartbreaking. It's tough. I mean, you guys were in there in soccer, too, right? You lost in the... Oh, God. Semis, was it? Semi? <laughs> semis? I'm just saying, you guys, you guys always have good runs. I'm not trying to point out you lost. Right? I'm just saying, you guys do go, go yeah, on. Yeah. We were in the semi, lost in penalties. Lost in the penalty shootout. I think that's a good thing. You guys always go on deep runs in all the tournaments. We did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know? Soccer was tough because I think the, the team that we beat in the regular season, I think, ended up winning it. No, the team they, they beat... The, the, the team we lost to won, but they comfortably beat the team who we beat. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, it's quite a journey. Wasn't it? We're talking floor hockey. Go back. I wish I could have been in goal for that penalty shootout. I would agree. I wasn't there, but I would agree. I did see a couple of you games. You weren't happy with, uh, with, with Gornick's no, uh, goalkeeping? I was not. <laughs> so I need JD in there. I know. I have no fear from a ball 10 feet away. <laughs> Jay Dizzle. That was actually nuts. It was, it was literally 10 feet away, like tiny goal. Everyone was just blasting the ball as hard as they could. It was nuts. Right at the head, dude. Nuts. Yeah, I mean, like, line drives. Normally, what's the what's the uh, the penalty spots? What uh, 12, 12 yards? Twelve yards? Yeah, twelve yards sounds right. I was right. fifteen yards, but and this was literally, I think, like ten feet. <laughs> what's the penalty like, shot distance? It is twelve yards. I was say fifteen yards. Twelve yeah, yards, so, so thirty-six feet. You I guys think it was five yards I mean, out? Maybe it was fifteen feet, but like tops. Five <laughs> yards out. Tops. They they were just blasting it. Uh, the goalie had no time. Um, <laughs> so that was crazy. I was like, yeah, good thing I'm not a goal. <laughs> Shout out JD and Gold, though. JD would have had money. Here. That's right. Hey, we're talking soccer. So you see him on the handball. Yeah. Being holding the handball. Handball's another thing we didn't mention. We didn't mention handball. We played everything. Softball, handball, handball. <laughs> kickball, wiffle ball, uh, basketball, 
football, four and four, seven on seven, we played both of those. I think football. we should have gotten JD in one of those basketball games. That would have been crazy. Yeah, you almost played about freshman year in like uh, khakis or something. You tried to step in. Yeah. They said no to you? No. They said no? All right, you should have stepped in. I mean, probably, freshman year, we got blown out two of the three games. We probably could have used you in there regardless. I mean, yeah, we've had Lenny in there, so. Yeah, <laughs> could have got you in there, JD. Should have been in there. But regardless, you look at that time here, though, intramurals was definitely something I'm going to miss if I look back at my days. Yeah. Always great being out, out there with you guys on the gridiron and putting in the work. My brothers, you already know that. But let's talk soccer. We're talking soccer already. Professional soccer now, so we'll leave the intramurals, unfortunately, even though in my eyes, it was pro soccer. So I didn't really follow pro soccer that much. So watching you guys play. It was like I was watching Barcelona and, and, and uh, PSG out there. Uh, so what do you guys want to talk about? I'll let you guys open it up, Sox, since I don't know as much as you guys. So um, I know you're big. Well, JD, who do you got? Tottenham guy, but yeah, you go. In the Champions League? Yeah, Champions League final, who you got? Man City, I've been bottling it for the past five years now or whatever. Yeah. But something about this season just seems different. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they can definitely win this game comfortably. Taking out the Real Madrid... The Kings of the Champions League, uh, 4-0, 5-1 on aggregate. 5-1 on aggregate, yep. So I think they do got this one. Yeah, that was crazy. Seeing the odds beforehand, I was like, geez, why is why is everyone sleeping on uh, on uh, Real Madrid? But, yeah, I mean, normally City they happens, find so. a way to win this these, these games. Um, and, I mean, they're a pretty strong team, I mean, considering they're Real Madrid, and Man City absolutely wiped them the other day so um i would also give the edge to man city i don't really know too much about inter Inter was know. 3-0 in aggregate against milan don't really know much about them but 3-0 yeah. so good defensively obviously not getting them a goal in two games i but know milan was mi- missing um leal the best one, player one of one of their one of their strikers who couldn't oh, yeah, do much yeah. for them yeah i know um makes a difference obviously not having your best out there looking at who they have right now i don't know man city um, oh they have lukaku Yep. Okay, they have, Belgian. they have Lukaku, they have Dzeko. Um, is Dzeko even still good? I kind of haven't heard his name in like five years. He's probably washed. Um, they have Dumfries. Um, Mkhitaryan. <laughs> Beast. Um, they got Skriniar. Uh, let's see, let's see, who else do they got? Uh, Bastoni. I mean, solid team, but I don't think they're in... in I don't think they're close to what Man City is. No one yeah, does. Yeah, I get Man City more than that. That's June 10th, though. Wow, it's got a ways to go, huh? What? The finals June 10th? Yeah, yeah they, That's a ways they to go. put a long time between rounds. Ways to go, dude. June 10th? It's, it's, it's kind of like boxing and like how like they like to build hype for like these. Yeah, it's like the last game of the club season. Yeah. End it with a bang? Yeah, I mean, because the Premier League probably ends early June. Yeah, we they're like three more weeks. Yeah, I know. That. I know. I know. Tottenham has like two more games. Big Tottenham um, guy, huge. I'm gonna yeah. go Man City here, by the way, which you guys all kind of yeah. all went yeah. with that. But uh, yeah, you're big Tottenham guy. It's huge, huh? How's that been? Tottenham. <laughs> oh man, they're Just loving life. They are not loving life. Uh, you're a Tottenham guy. And you're a Liverpool guy. Oh, yeah. Imagine just a club who only celebrates achievements of of one man. Imagine having the best English striker ever. And not be able to win a trophy. Well, yeah. It's, 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 you're right. I mean, <laughs> a, uh, I, 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 I can't get Okay, moving on, moving on. I, I, you I, want to talk Europa League? I don't even know who's in the Europa Let's, League. Let little, okay, game was today, actually. What round? Um, the semifinal, Raw. Juventus, I would say, got upset 
by Sevilla. Why is you why is why is Juve right. in the Europa? Two one. They did they, they, did they suck last year. They got year? some good teams in the Europa League. They were we, we saw Juventus. I saw Man Barcelona, U. Manchester United. Barcelona was in that. I saw yeah. How the hell is Barca in Europa? It's crazy. Struggled in Champions League group stage. So you end up and, there instead. Yeah, getting knocked down to Europa League and couldn't even couldn't win that either. Oh, I thought that I thought it was I thought it had to do with regular league standings and where you qualify. Uh, I think Barcelona Juventus qualified through fifth or third place in Champions League group stage. Yeah, and Barcelona lost to Man United. It was right. Yeah, yeah. I think at that point a lot of people had Manchester United winning. Four to three in aggregate, they lost. And so we've been seeing, seeing some big clubs. Yeah. Europa League. Yeah, Barcelona's huge. Yeah, so what are the, what, what's the semifinal now? In the uh, Europa League? I got you right we're now. We're up to the final now. Juventus versus Roma. Or no, Sevilla, Sevilla. versus Roma. And yeah. you said Sevilla just beat Barca? Juventus. Juventus 2-1. Um, to one. Uh, But it was, in aggregate, it was, what, 3-2? to two? Yeah, 3-2. to two. Yeah. Wow. 3-2 to two in aggregate. Today was that game. Well, you know your stuff, J.D., huh? Big soccer fan. You know your stuff. This kid follows it all. He does, yeah. he does. He does, yeah. You know your soccer. I love it. I, I would tip Jose Mourinho's Roma in this game. Mourinho's. <laughs> I didn't know Mourinho was the was the coach of Roma now. Jesus. I want to say they won it last year. They won Europa last year, Roma. I want to say they did. Joey, fact check me on that. I got you. I got you right now. I got the computer. Yeah, let's I didn't see. know that Roma was even good. It was. Let's see, Europa League final. Let's see, twenty twenty two. It was Rangers. Oh. Wait, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. This is secondary. Trey, what are you looking secondary at? Secondary football tournament? This isn't the one we're looking at, right? Wait, wait, hold on. I don't know what we're looking for, is it? Check Frankfurt? Is that, that's Ooh. the opening stage. Trey, what are you looking at? I don't know, dude. I try to look it up. Which club, who wins the Europa League 2022? I tried Frankfurt, wow. Really? Okay, okay. Okay, that's what it was. Uh, a few years ago. Is that what you're looking for? No, no, no. Roma. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, Frankfurt. I mean, they're a decent team in the German League. Nothing, nothing really to write home about. I mean, yeah. they're not dormant. <laughs> we have the big, big teams though in there. I mean, United last year too. Barcelona. This yeah, year. I mean, I know for I know for the Man Premier League, it, like it has to do with your place. What Man United for, was for qualifying for either Champions League or Europa. It has to do with your place in the Premier League. Um, so I mean, that means that Man U must have sucked that year. Uh, the year before, uh, where they didn't finish top four. Um, but, I mean, Spurs might not even get a Europa League spot at this point. That's how better bad for your been. sake. That's how bad they've been. I mean, look up EPL EPL table right now. I think they're in seventh. It looks like Liverpool is getting in there. Liverpool's in five. At the Europa League. The Tom's in seven. Yeah, so, I mean, I know, I know there's, like, a few different, like, ways that other teams can get into Europa based on um, if... Um, if like the team, um, if one of the teams in the top four would have qualified for Europa based on their finish in it the previous year, um, they can add more teams, um, from the Premier League. So I mean, if Tottenham can finish sixth, I think they would qualify. But I mean, they've looked so horrible. I mean, you look at their last five, and it's just atrocious. Um, yeah, Tottenham is one, three, and one in the last five games. Yeah. Tie, three losses and a win. Oh, Roma won the Conference League. Okay. It's the tournament below the Europa League. Uh, okay, okay, okay. That, okay. that so, so I, I was on to something. I see, yeah. Uh, 
I, I didn't even know what the Conference League yes. was. So. And it was recently added, and the addition of the Conference League is probably why we see much bigger clubs now featured in the Europa League. Makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you look at you look at this table and you see Chelsea at number 11, which is still Nuts. mind-boggling to see them that low. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's it's Liverpool. nuts. What's your team, right? Liverpool? And Chelsea, John, how much did Chelsea spend this transfer window? Oh, God, a billion. Like, it's crazy. They <laughs> they bought, like, four different guys for, like, more than 50 million euros. Like It was $350 million in the winter. It was. It's crazy. It's crazy. $350 million. Yeah, I think they had one goal in the month of April. Yeah, you look at their roster, and they don't even have, like, I mean, obviously, Polisic is the best American player by far, and he's he's not even one of their top, like, six forwards. They have a lot of French guys, too, right? They have a couple of French guys, remember, right? I mean, they just kept, they have a lot of talent, but they just can't really seem to put it together into a team. Kind of like PSG. And Enzo Fernandez, yeah. what what was that, for 80, 80 million, something like that? 90 million? Um, Fernandez, Enzo Fernandez, top. Oh, yeah. Um, Mudrik was also probably like eighty million. I think it was one hundred twenty-one. Uh, Fernandez, if I remember right, just saw yeah. they splashed the cash. Trades were uh, one hundred six euros. Yeah, I think it was. I think Mudrik for was, British record. Jeez. Yeah, Mudrik. I think was also like eighty million or so. Um, and Jao Felix, is that a was that just a loan? That they got Felix? Maybe loan option to buy. Um, I'll, look. I'll look. I mean, Felix is a great player, but, like, yeah. He, they've, they've spent so much money, and I don't yeah. know. They, they don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> because they got all these guys, and they can't really seem to put a team. Still can't even put a winning team together. So. Yeah, that's tough. Gotta win games. You spend all that money to get all these guys on your team, huh? Yeah, I think Pulisic's gotta. Be. At least Man City wins. Pulisic's gotta be gone, right? Probably. Uh, he's I'm, been there. He's not playing. <laughs> What's gonna happen with Messi? By the way, what do you guys think happens there? PSG suspended him right for going on that vacation, and he go went yeah. back anyways to the club. It looks like he, Barcelona wants him back. He doesn't think he goes back. Uh, I mean, Messi's. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's like a head case or anything, but like Messi can kind of do whatever whatever he wants, like. Yeah, he was suspended, though, right, from going on a vacation to, what was it, yeah, Brazil, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I Saudi Arabia, be, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he's like, nah, I'm not doing any of this. When's his contract up, though? It's coming up, isn't it? Uh, I mean... It's like two years or something, right? Soccer contracts are kind of weird, because, uh, like, guys will be sold, and then they'll sign, like, a four-year deal, so... Um, I don't think he'll be able to actually reach, like, the free agency... Ever again. <laughs> I mean, soccer, it's weird because you can sign a guy before he's officially a free agent on, like, a pre-transfer. Yeah, you transfer the money, right? Um, so it's like, if guys have, like, I think it's, like, six months left on their contract or lower, you can, like, sign them over um, for the starting the next year on a free transfer. So, um, I don't know. That's a It's a very weird situation because PSG has so much talent and... Now it's looking. I saw something that Chelsea also wants to buy Neymar now, so yeah, she's going downhill. They got Mbappe though. It's like Chelsea just throw their buddy around and just say like, "Hey, yeah, like maybe eventually we'll just buy everyone, and other teams will have no one." 
So that will hey, win. Messi's contract expires at the end of this season. Really? I knew. I, I thought know. it was this year, like to finish this year and one more. I thought it was one more year. No, it expires this summer. Wow. So okay. that he plans to leave PSG at the end of the season on a free transfer. Mm-hmm. But so if Neymar's gone, yeah, Messi's so gone. It's really just Mbappe. Yeah. So basically, what that boy. means, he could be gone. Mbappe's a legend. Yeah, he was. Contemplate leaving before, but I think he'll stay. But. Yeah, so like normally how yeah, he, he got work. this massive contract. Yeah, he'll stay. Yeah, so normally how transfers work, it's you'll, 24. you'll send. If it was Messi actually going on a transfer now, like it would be like 150 million. Um, yeah. So one team, whether it's PSG or someone, will send the 150 million to get him, and then they'll negotiate an actual contract with that player. But what a free transfer means, it's. There's none of that 150 free, free million transfer. You just free get them for free, and you sign them um, with whatever uh, player contract you negotiate. Um, so free transfers are a very sneaky way to get a lot of talent. Um, usually that doesn't work with younger players because they like to negotiate longer deals. But um, for guys that are older, they have some they have some more leeway to kind of um, stick around. Uh, Kind of hold Pat in their uh, contract negotiations if that's actually not where they don't want to be. Um, and other teams will, will look at it and be like, hey, well, I'm not going to spend $100 million to get you right now if I could wait six months and get you for free. So um, that kind of explains why Messi's able to do this, whereas guys like Mbappe would never be able to do that. Yeah, makes sense. Well, we'll see what happens this summer. I think, yeah, I think he's gone. He'll probably go back to Barcelona. Uh, Saudi Arabia wants him something I just saw too. Some Saudi Arabian league uh, team. I mean, I don't know. Could go to the U.S. too. Remember they were talking about like going to like uh, Miami or something. Remember that like. I want to be so surprised now because I mean, how Messi's what thirty five? Yeah, he's always like thirty six. I think. Uh, yeah, some Saudi Arabian team wanted him before. I want to. Al Hilal, really pronounce it? Yeah, I would. <sighs> I don't know. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't, I don't know. It's Saudi Arabia. I don't know Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. Oh, soccer, but yeah. Saudi Arabia soccer is just so weird. It's, I don't know. They, they, <laughs> they have a lot of like, money get all these, like, They get a bunch of like random random guys who were good. Yeah. Um, like Leo's still money, but yeah. Like China, too. We see Leo. Um, Messi's age. 35. <clears throat> 35, turning 36 in just about a month from now. I mean, he's... It's, it's kind of hard to talk about old soccer players, especially when they're forwards, but I mean... He still has stuff to offer. I mean, he was obviously still good for Argentina. Um, but, I mean, you're talking... When he's cup, 35 yeah. now, you're talking, like, three years from now, I think he's done. Yeah. Like, he has to be. Um, especially with his style of play. I mean, once he loses his speed even more, like, his... What he has to offer is done. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go to, like, a U.S. team. MLS? Yeah. It's now whenever they say right here. Miami, right? I think Miami could be the place. And some guys... Nice weather. Like uh, Zlatan did that. Or he went to the, um, what was it, Galaxy for a year or two. Then he realized uh, more to give. Yeah, he realized, hey, I'm actually still kind of nice. So, um, I mean, yeah, I want to be surprised to see, to see yeah. uh, Messi go to, uh, go to U, uh, a U.S. team, uh, hang out in the U.S. for a year and a half or so, and then maybe call it. Jump ship. Um, because, I mean, you get... International, it's a little different because the talent's a little bit more hit or miss because sometimes you'll be playing a powerhouse like Spain and other times you'll be playing, like, Wales. So, Wales. Um, I root for Wales. 
I had them. I had them making a slight run in the World Cup. Um, Didn't work out. But. So I think I think Messi will play for Argentina for as long as he can. But club, I don't know what he still has to offer. I don't know, John. What do you think? <laughs> you think he's done? Think he's done with uh, France. I'd imagine. He's done with PSG. He probably leaves, right? Yeah, I'd like to see him move on. I think he's gone. His spell I think he's gone. PSG is yeah, no chance. Hasn't worked out. People have always been saying PSG got to win the Champions League. You know, they're, they're, they're wearing league, uh, every time, but that's not enough. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, pe- people want the Champions League, but they, they can't do it. You're right. So, yeah. I, 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 I would them, like though. to I root for PSG. PSG. I root PSG. I always root for the French athletes. Nick Patum, uh, Mbappe. Uh, there's a good amount of my root for Victor Wampanyama. Getting the first overall pick this year. San Antonio, lucky getting him. Uh, I don't know he was French. Yeah, he's French. Oh, I, I like all, all the French athletes, a lot of them. Uh, Frank Nilakino for for Nick Ray. guy. I like Mbappe. I like Mbappe. I I don't really follow soccer that much, but if I had to pick a favorite soccer player, he'd be up there. Probably. He'd be up there. Then yeah, that he's, other got one, some, uh, he's got some character. He's sure. an animal. And then uh, what's his name? The one that plays for Wales. Um, Bale. Gareth Bale. Yeah. Yeah. Bale's a beast. I'd I'd roll with him as one of my favorite ones too. Yeah, um, I actually have an uh, I have a Bale uh, Madrid jersey. I don't know if you knew that, John. I did not know that. You'll have to show me. I have a, it's, it's like a blue Madrid jersey. For some reason, like, my parents just got that when I was, like, I don't know, like, in ninth grade or something. That Closest thing to Slovakia? Not even that. It was just like I was You're a big Slovakian hockey fan. I was, fan, I was right? a bail fan. I, I don't even have that many jerseys or anything, like, any sports. Like, most of the stuff I have is usually just, like, T-shirts with their name on the back. But this is just, like, random, like, just soccer jersey. You like Slovak hockey, though, too? You like Slovak soccer, I guess. Slovak hockey's it's on the come up for sure. With <laughs> Slavkovsky and uh Yeah. And Nemitz. Yeah, um, both first and second overall. It's on the come up, but I mean they used to be absolutely elite uh national level, but they got some young guys. Um it'll take probably five years before they're actually um competing with the more powerhouse teams like Sweden and Finland, Finland outside yeah. of obviously Finland. like US and Canada, but Canada, Russia, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, they got some young players, exciting for them. Yeah, um, I like Sofkovsky a lot. I think he's gonna be money. First okay. overall pick too. So, I guess we'll see. But don't want to hold you guys too long. Sure. Much appreciate you guys coming in though. Of course. I know you guys want to get out by seven, and here you are at seven twenty-five. So I apologize, JD. <laughs> I apologize, JD. <laughs> uh, much appreciated, boys. Thank you so much. This is your. Fourth time in here, probably fourth time, right? Yeah, fourth I think fourth. Fourth or fifth, right? Yep. Each. Probably so. Much appreciated, guys. Catch you guys later on. Of course. Yeah. Absolute legend. Anything you guys want to add in before we go? One, one yes. yes. Old school. <laughs> yes. Go down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, we did one yes. Uh, credited old school, uh, the movie. It was. Love it. It was Sean, what's his name? Hmm. Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott, not Sean Feeney. Sean William Scott, he did like, yes! yes. So we, we kind of copied that from him. And also Ryan Walsh. So shout out to Ryan Walsh as well. Uh, credit to him for that. But much appreciated, boys. Thank you, guys. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Obviously, I'll still be in touch with you guys. But give you guys the best of luck regardless on the radio. Why not? Good luck with life, Jelly. You know, Jenny, it's been a journey. It's good meeting you and good yep. knowing you. But yep. this, is, this is where we go to a crossroads. This is it. It's the last time we'll see you. So it's been a journey, though. Bezo, my dog, both my boys. Uh, much appreciated. So. Yeah, it's a pleasure having us. Got to, appreciate it, boys. Uh, talk about a lot of stuff today. Yeah, we covered everything. <laughs> yeah. Soccer, hockey, yeah, wow. golf, baseball, a lot of BC, everything about football and, and hockey. Intramuros. 
Yeah, we talked flag football. We talked busy football a little bit slightly. Talk senior yeah. week. Talk senior week. We did. Talk Dance of the decades. I got such. We talked about that. You did. You did lately. Kind of had to a few times, but uh, and then also <laughs> commencement ball tomorrow night. Get your suits yeah. ready. Oh hell yeah! JD's ready. Yep. I know you're ready. Today. I know you're ready, JD. I'm, I'm ready. You're always ready. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready, right? Wait, what are you doing with the mic? I don't know. I'm just gonna leave it. All right. Yeah, you can just let it sit. But thank you, boys. Much appreciated. Oh, what a dap. Two good daps there. Solid. All right, boys. Much appreciated. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. So here we are, back live. Thanks to Dan and JD. You had BC Sports Superfan John Desuera, and then you also added in. Dan the man, the king of Hasbro Heights, Barons. And now here live is Paul from Saudi, the sports encyclopedia. How are we doing, Paul? Doing well, Joe. How are you? It's a great show so far, buddy. Doing well. Much appreciated. Thank you for coming on. This is your second time in the last two episodes, and you've come on more than any guest on the show. So thank you so much for always making the time. Oh, always a pleasure, Joe. So we'll start out. We have multiple topics to start with. We can talk Celtics, we can talk Red Sox, and we can talk BC Women's Lacrosse. Where would you want to, be, want to begin? Well, let's talk the BC Women's Lacrosse team that just qualified for their, I believe, their sixth straight Final Four appearance. What an accomplishment. Yeah, they made it in 2017 and lost to Maryland. Made in 2018, lost to James Madison. Made in 2019, lost to Maryland. Made in 2021, beat Syracuse. And then lost in 2022 to North Carolina, 12-11. to So that's one, two, three, four, five years in a row they've been in the finals, which is impressive. Now this is their sixth year in a row in the Final Four. Yeah, they're going to play Syracuse, I believe, a week from Sunday. Um, so hopefully they can keep this, this train rolling. It will be, yes, a week from tomorrow. It will be Friday, the 26th, against Syracuse. Oh, good. Okay, good. The 26th versus Syracuse. They're the three seed. Syracuse is the two seed. And then you look at the other side. Denver is the five seed uh, with one other game still to, get, to be figured out tonight. At 7.30 at Loyola, Maryland, in Northwestern, playing tonight at 7.30. And here we are live on air at 7.30. So that game will be starting pretty soon. Northwestern's the one seed, Loyola, Maryland's the eight. So you'd imagine Loyola, Maryland probably loses Northwestern. So it'll probably be Northwestern, Denver, and then BC, Syracuse. It sounds like it very likely could happen. So, uh, you know, I'll be riveted to the TV. Definitely. And that'll be in North Carolina this year, the last few years in Maryland, 2019. Through 2022, we're all in Maryland. Three of those four years in Baltimore. Uh, and it was only two of the years because 2020 didn't happen. But three of the four years were supposed to be in Baltimore. Two of them only happened. And then one year in Towson, Maryland in 2021. This year will be in Cary, North Carolina. So switching it up a little bit this year. So maybe BC switches their luck and gets... I mean, they'll probably, realistically, you know, it's still a long road. But six years in a row, making it to the finals is pretty impressive. This will be the sixth year if they were to do it again. Yeah, this this program has just been so successful um, the last few years. You got to give the coach and all the all the players, the coaches, Walker. Yep, a lot of credit. Definitely, yeah. You're a big BC fan in general, so you'll always root for whether it's BC football, BC sailing, BC baseball, BC women's lacrosse, BC hockey. Uh, I think BC hockey you're probably the biggest fan of, but you love the football team. You always love your your, your Eagle sports. I, I try to watch them all the time. You know. Uh, Got the season tickets to football. We, we've been to a basketball game or two, a hockey game or two. So, um, yeah, we're uh, we're always close to the BC uh, athletics. And you love Earl Grant, BC basketball. So, uh, I know you'll be back in more games this year. Absolutely. I mean, in, in two years, this program has come a real long way. Yeah. Won a lot of ACC games this, this past year. We're, we're just about 500 in the ACC, which is impressive. Yeah, just a couple of years ago... 
We went a whole season without an ACC win. And now we had, I think, almost 10. It was 10. It was 10. That's Earl Grant for you, though. He's a great coach. Great guy as well. You had the pleasure of meeting him once or twice yep. and even talked to him on the phone before, too. Yep. No, he's done a great job. He's got his kids listening. They're working hard. They're, they're, they're fighting every possession. <clears throat> and, and they don't quit at all. So um, bigger and better things, uh, I expect, coming into uh, this next season. Definitely. If you look at what they did this year, they had nine ACC wins which is the most they've had in seasons in 2010-2011, so the most in just about 11 or 12 years. Three top 25 wins, which is the most since 2008-2009 season. And they had their biggest win versus a top 10 team with a 17-point win versus, since their 17-point win versus UConn, uh, the number 10 team in the country in 2001. So their biggest win versus a top 10 team since 2001, which in 2001 they beat UConn by 17. And this past year, I believe it was Virginia, they beat uh, pretty handedly. What was it, by 20? Yeah, it was Virginia, and it was a huge win. Let me see the score it was. Let me see. I want to get that down. Really... Uh, 15. BC won that game by 15. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think the fans got to storm the court, too. We did. I was out there. That was, one of, that was another moment I forgot to mention. I broke down my favorite moments I've had at BC, and that was definitely in there. Which, being oh, able to great. come into the studio is another great you know, memory, and uh, credit to you there. You're, you're the reason I have the passion of sports that I have. So, you know, thank great. you for that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. But yeah, we went to a lot of games growing up for football, obviously. You, you haven't seen the tickets. And then basketball, we went to some games here and there. Hockey, you always follow the games even if you didn't go. I mean, you're the biggest PC hockey fan I know. Oh, yeah, I, I never miss a hockey game. Uh, TV out there on the radio, um, it's riveting. Definitely. We can go over all the glory days of Johnny Gaudreau, Cam Atkinson, uh, Parker Milner, right? All your boys. Thatcher Demko. <laughs> Spencer Knight, you had a class with, right? Spencer Knight, I had a class with. Uh, I actually saw Alex Newhook last night. Didn't get to mention that to you, but I saw him last night. He was here for senior week. Nice. So, uh, always, yeah, always. there's always talent on that PC hockey team. Nikita Nestorenko. And we can go over all the greats that PC has had. I know you're a fan of all those guys. Uh, the Matulas. You're yeah, a fan of all those guys. Bros. Um, Boldy's doing well. He signed a big contract. Who, the... The Stars, I think, or the uh, Wild? Minnesota Wild. The Wild, yeah. So um, I'm glad to see my Eagles. I, I usually, once the Bruins are out, I'll probably root for the team in the playoffs that has the most BC guys on. And that, that's how I pick my favorite team after the Bruins. Definitely. That's usually how it goes. They have a lot of guys in the NHL, BC, a ton. ton. Yeah. I mean, it's loaded. Mark McLaughlin, another legend we forgot to mention. Your boy. Chris Kreider with the Rangers. Chris uh, Kreider. Body goal seasons, I think. Yeah, he, he was, he's been great. Crider's been great. I'll give you his stats right here. Give me one second. Crider's yeah. been awesome, though. He had 36 goals this past year, Crider, and had oh. 52 in last season. 50. So 52 goals, 25 assists, 77 points in the 2021-2022 season. He's 31 Maybe. now and had 36 goals this past year. I remember seeing him at BC. Kid had a great shot. Yeah, he was great then at BC as well. He's a great player overall. And then if you look at it, there's even more guys. Drew Hellison, he's in the pros. Nikita Nestorenko just got in the pros. Your boy, Trevor Kunja, just signed with the Bruins. He'll be in the AHL next year. How about Colin White? Colin White. The Panthers, was it? Yes. Yep. Um, Miles Wood is still there. Yep. Right? Yep, yep. Miles. These guys only stayed, I think, one year, those two. Imagine if they stayed for four years. We would have been contending for a championship. After 2012, like we won the last time we won was 2012, but 
Nobody stays more than like a year or two now, it seems. Yeah, those guys are real quick, either one or two years. Wood obviously plays great. You know, he's been playing great. He was played great at BC, but he's been a great player in the NHL as well for the Devils. Colin White, another one. Great for the Panthers. I mean, you keep going. Brooks Orpik was a BC legend. He had a good NHL career. Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin, yep. Noah Hannafin's another one. We can go all day. Oliver Wallstrom, he's been good for the Islanders. Cam Atkinson. Cam Atkinson, yeah. another one. Yeah. Alex Tuck. Tuck, yeah. Brian Dumoulin, Jonta. Dumoulin, yeah. Uh, oh, I could go on all night. About Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle. Bill Situate. Arnold. Yep, right. Bill Arnold never really got too much time in the NHL, but they only played one game, it looks like, for Calgary in 2013. But he was great at BC, though, another guy that was good. Tommy Cross, another guy, good guy that was good at BC, but only played three games in the NHL. Yep, right. Tommy Cross. I think he was one of York's favorites, so. He was. Nathan Gerby, one guy you'd oh, mentioned. Great, yes. I got a list here of all these guys on uh, Call Talking News, all former BC guys that played in the NHL. So there's a ton. Brian Leach, another one. Long career in the NHL. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, that's a ton, though. And let me see. I'll give you one more good one here. Let me get one more good one. Uh, trying to get you one more good one to finish. Patrick Way, a guy you used to be a fan of back in the day. Yeah, nine right. games in the NHL, but he was, what, captain, right? Yeah, I used to like Ben and Pat. Uh, I think Ben Eves and um, was it Pat Eves, I think, too? Patrick Eves, what? yep, Patrick Eves. He was a big guy. for uh, Most of the time, the Eagles have like a smaller, fast player like uh, Goudreau. Whit- Remember uh, even the Whitney brothers? Yep, Whitney was yeah, another one, another great one. They, they Patrick Whitney, right, was his name? Yeah, I forget. Uh, Steve Whitney, maybe, I forget. But, Joe uh, Whitney, Joe Whitney, Joe Whitney. He played in the NHL, uh, just only five games, but Joe Whitney. All the way back to Billy O'Dwyer, right, uh, right here from South Boston that made it to the Bruins. Yeah, played 120 they, games in the what, NHL. What about the Hayes boys? Yeah, Jimmy, Kevin Hayes and Jimmy Hayes. Hayes, yeah. Two legends there, Kevin Hayes and Jimmy, both. God bless Jimmy Hayes. Uh, obviously, he was a BC legend. But you look at those careers, though, of all these guys, that's a ton of guys from BC that have played in the pros. That's a ton. All the goalies. Muse from uh, Falmouth. Yeah. BC legend. And you, you mentioned Milner and I mentioned Knight. Demko. Demko. Yeah. Corey Snyder. Oh, yeah. Demko. Corey Snyder. and Demko, yeah. Corey Snyder's another one. Corey Snyder was, was good. Yeah. It's a guy there that played a lot of years in the NHL. Played uh, 13 years in the NHL. Yep. Nope, they're loaded. Every year they seem to just reload. I just wish they'd stay in school longer. And um, I'm happy with Greg Brown and uh, the coaches he's brought in. I think they had a really good year. They had a, one, one bad streak where the, they lost like seven games. Or they, they went winless for seven, seven games. Seven games, yep. Losing to Maine and UNH. Yeah, you can't do that. I think it was Maine and UNH. Can't do that. But got really tough. BU looks strong. So PC's got their work cut out for them. So I, I just hope the kids stay in school, you know, a little longer. I would agree with you there. They're going to have great recruits coming in, including Will Smith. He's a center who plays for the U.S. national team right now, development program. 51 goals and 127 points during his time for the U.S. Wow. national development program team. He's been great. He's going to be a top five pick easily. He's coming into BC next year. Uh, and then they have another guy, too, It's going to be a top 10 pick coming in. So BC has a lot of talent coming in uh, this oh, next year. That's great. I love it. I mean, that's great, especially as a BC fan. I know you're going to be psyched. You're going to definitely have to go to a game next year. Absolutely. Let me see. There's one more guy. Will Smith is the big one, and then there's one more after that. Give me one second here. Ryan Leonard's going to be a top 10 pick. 
plays the U.S. national team as well. Uh, U18 team for the U.S. national team, so just like uh, Smith. He had, let me see, his goals. Eight goals in seven games at the World's U18 Juniors, which is very impressive, including the overtime winner in the gold medal game. Very impressive. Oh, it was clutch then. Good, good. Let me see his stats overall. I want to get those open here, which type into my computer quick here. I'm just trying to get it down. But they have a lot of talent coming in, so they're only going to get better. Only going to get better. I know you, you're a fan no matter what, but uh, for the U.S. national team this past year, he had 51 goals, 43 assists, 94 points in 57 games. Wow, very productive. Wow, He's going to be a top 10 pick as well. That's another top 10 pick. He's a local kid from Amherst, Mass. So. Oh, I like the local talent. Great. So it's impressive. You get BC Women's across next week on the 26th. I know you got them winning that game, I'm sure, and I'm sure you root for them to win the whole thing. Absolutely. I hope they stomp Syracuse, yes. With Syracuse and them, they've, they've, they've had some battles. Oh, yeah, no. I, when we won the title, like you said, it was over them. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. A couple years ago now. So now we can move on. I was talking about BC hockey. Uh, BC football is still a ways to go uh, before that season begins. We, we saw the spring game, and it was cool being there. You got to see... All the guys in person got to meet, even Cheetah Salar after the game, Elijah Jones, Patrick Garwo, Dino Tomlin. You got to meet a good amount of guys after the game, uh, which is pretty cool. So I know you're excited about this upcoming season. We don't get really too much. I mean, we got a ways to go before that season begins, so we'll have predictions later on once we get closer to the season. But I know you're psyched to be back in our seats in Section Y in Row 6. I'm sure you're psyched for next season. Yeah, wait, I think we got an email just the other day that said it. 16 weeks to uh, opening day. Like, I think it's the Labor Day Saturday again. Versus Northern yeah. Illinois, right? Yeah, I think we open up with three home games out of the first four weeks in September. So it's going to be so beautiful on campus. I I, I, I don't want to rush the seasons, but it's something to look forward to. Time of rushing, though. My four years at BC went by quick, huh? Lightning quick. Like, the fastest four years I can remember. The pandemic definitely made it go quicker, obviously, and that's... A reason it went by fast. You know, I was home sophomore year, and then even when I come back junior year, still transitioning. And even though I was a junior, I was still technically a freshman on campus-wise, like living-wise, because I left two months left of my freshman year. So it was still an adjustment. I think that's what made it go by quicker. But, you know, we made the best of it. We enjoyed all the football games together and going to the games early and all the basketball games. It got you to a basketball game this year. got you to a hockey game this year. even got you to a baseball game this year. So you saw all four sports play, and then obviously you watch all the lacrosse games on TV. So you got to see all those games this year, and you watched every single basketball game on TV. So even if you weren't there, you were watching, you listened to every single hockey broadcast. So whether you were there or not, you were watching you know, the basketball games on TV, you were listening to the hockey games on the radio, uh, and then you even went to every football game when you were home, and every game you missed, if it was an away game, we couldn't go, obviously we didn't, we didn't go to any away games, uh, you still tuned in and watched it on TV or listened to it on the radio. So the biggest PC super fan I know, uh, and a big reason I came here, so much appreciated. I appreciate that, Joe. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks. So we'll move on. We talked BC basketball, BC hockey, BC football for a minute. Let's talk some Celtics. Obviously, they had a tough loss last night to Miami. Me and you both liked Miami to win a game in Boston in the first two. We both did. Yeah, Miami. I, I mean, last night was their fifth straight game one win in a series. So, I mean, it, it was right there. Eight and a half points was – you didn't even need the points. Uh, you know, they, they – they just play so well early in series. I think the Celtics are still clearly the more talented team, but someone has to explain to me how Jason Tatum had more turnovers in the fourth quarter than he did shots attempted, which was zero shots attempted. Yep, three turnovers in the fourth quarter. 
He had six free throws, six of six of the free throw line, but 0 of 0 from the fields. Uh, had one rebound, no assists, no steals, no blocks, three turnovers, six points in the fourth quarter. That's actually now his fifth time in his postseason career that he's attempted zero field goals in the fourth in the fourth quarter or in a quarter in general, and the first time this postseason. Fifth time in his career that he's had zero field goal attempts in a playoff quarter. I'm sure, uh, you know, everyone likes to point fingers, you know, and blame uh, Missoula, but, you know, Tatum's got to know better. I mean, Stan Van Gundy, who, who helped with the color on the, the network last night, he made the point several times. He said, every time Miami has possession, the ball goes through Jimmy Butler. Every time the Celtics have possession, it doesn't go through Jason Tatum. I mean, that's not Missoula's fault. You've got to know better. You're right. No, it's not It's not on Missoula there. It's just like... Budenholzer getting fired by the Bucks. I don't blame him for that. You can't blame for Giannis getting hurt. Just like you can't blame, you know, a coach for the superstars not showing up. You need him to show up in crunch time minutes, and he hasn't done that. He has no field goal attempts in the fourth quarter in a close game, a game that you lose by seven points. No field goal attempts. I don't get it. I don't know how you can go from the game seven high against the Sixers to really coming out. I mean, if you look at all the numbers, I mean, yeah, he had like 30-plus points. Great, but... When the game was on the line, when it was slipping away... 30 points, yep. He had three straight possessions where he turned the ball over. Two travels and a bad pass, right? Yeah, I mean, indecision, indecisive. I mean, this is not what crunch time is about. It's about execution. And he yeah. just did... When you look at the Celtics team, they're playing the same basketball they did in the NBA Finals. Turning the ball over by Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Six turnovers of Brown last night, four from Tatum. Ten turnovers between the two of them. Three of those four turnovers for Tatum came in crunch time moments in the fourth quarter. And then you look at Brown, six turnovers total. You don't want that from your star players ever. You never want six turnovers in a game ever. But considering it's a playoff game, you can't have that, including two turnovers in the fourth quarter. Five turnovers out of the ten came in the fourth quarter. And that's when you need to be playing your best basketball, especially in a close game, in a game one against Miami, who has a great coach in Eric Spolster. You don't want to give them extra chances ever. Turning the ball over is giving them extra chances, just like not taking shots. Having Jason Tatum have no shot attempts in the fourth quarter, that is helping Eric Spoelstra because it's forcing Marcus Smudge to take more shots. He was 1-1 one of one in the fourth quarter. It's forcing Al Horford to, to take more shots. He was 0-1 in the fourth quarter. Derek White was 2-2 two two in the fourth quarter. Malcolm Brogdon was 2-3 in the fourth quarter. And then you had Peyton Pritchard was 0-1 in the fourth quarter. That's all those guys. Brogdon, White, and Pritchard are getting more shots because Tatum's not taking those shots. And I'm sure Spoelstra would rather those guys take those big shots than Tatum all day. He'd rather Brogdon and White in Smart and Horford and Williams take shots. Yeah, they just got to recognize. I mean, it wasn't, hopefully it's just one game they got it out of their system, but Tatum and Brown especially have to recognize when they bring when they bring the ball up into the front court, if they get double and triple team, they got to know to dish it off where somebody's going to be open, whether it's the perimeter or break into the basket. You can't lose the ball in a double or a triple team, which I think Miami started doing um, in the second half. As, as you mentioned, Spolster's a great coach. He saw maybe some bad habits, like dribbling into traffic, and the Celtics just didn't adjust. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, me and you both presumed that Miami would win a game in Boston. I said Miami's going to be up either 1-0 or be up 2-1, and it's probably going to happen both. I think Boston wins game two, and then I think Miami would win game three in Miami. I think it's going to be 2-1 after three games. That was my prediction going into the series. I the Celtics winning in seven, but at the end of the day, you're right. The Celtics are the more talented team. But at the end of the day, it doesn't always mean the more talented team wins. It's who's playing harder, playing smarter, playing better basketball. And this is when it matters most. Right now. This is when you need to turn it up. And you know who turned it up? Jimmy Butler. Eight points in the fourth quarter. Three of eight from the floor in the fourth quarter. Wasn't great. 
Hit a big three, though, which was a hot break of the Celtics. They were down by, I believe it was five, then PM eight with the Jimmy Butler three. Off the ram, bounced in. Lucky bounce and went in. Butler also had three steals in the fourth quarter. Three steals. Steals in the fourth quarter. So impressive. Six overall. He finished the game with 35 points, seven assists, six steals, five rebounds, two or four from three, 12 of 25 on the floor for 48% field goal percentage, 50% from three, two for four, and nine to 10 at the line. He was great. And the Bim Adebayo had a great game. 20 points, nine to 13 from the floor. Very efficient in the paint. Eight rebounds. Also added in a steal and five assists. No blocks from Jimmy. No blocks from Adebayo. I thought they both have good games defensively, but at the end of the day, they got the win. That's probably what matters most. Gabe Vincent killed the Celtics. 15 points, 4-6 on the floor, 3-5 from 3. And then Struess, 3-5 from 3. Just like you said the other night, those are two guys you don't want to leave open. They're not the best shooters in the, in the NBA, but if you leave them open more times than not, they're going to hit those shots. Yeah, well, those two guys are very streaky, just like Duncan Robinson. I mean, if they're hot... They could go all night. So you, you're, you're right. You don't you don't want to leave them open. Uh, you know, if they're cold, then they'll, they'll just stop shooting or they'll just hurt their team's chances. But um, the Celtics, you know, one thing in our favor is the Celtics are a, probably a better road team. I, I think they got a, a, a better winning percentage in the playoffs on the road than they do at home, I heard today. So, I mean, I but when you look at Miami, I think this year they haven't lost a home game in the playoffs. So... Something's going to give, and I, again, I think the talent will will show. We'll be able to get down there and win the home home court advantage back. You're right. Let me see. Let me see about Miami here. They won. Yeah, they haven't lost a home game, actually, in the playoffs. You're right. I heard that today. You drilled that. You drilled that. Wow, it's very impressive, actually. Um, yeah. they've, never, they've, they've never lost a home game in the playoffs. But that's Spolstra. He's a great coach. This team's yeah, a scrappy team. Imagine they tie the hero in there, too. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I like him. You know, we, we like him. He's a great shooter. He goes to the basket well. but if, Plays through injuries, too. He plays Celtics. through that back injury, you know, uh, last year, and then even took a shot this year on a broken wrist when he got the ball. No, it's a big loss for the Heat. Oh, it was a leg injury. It was a leg injury last year in the playoffs against the Celtics. It was that hamstring injury. That's what it was. Yep. And then this year was the broken wrist, uh, and he still took a shot with it. Tried. I respect it. He gives it his all. He plays hard. Yep. Right. But that's the thing. Look at the Celtics, though. Didn't help themselves out at all in the fourth quarter. Didn't help themselves out at all. Six turnovers in the fourth quarter to Miami's two. Six turnovers in the fourth quarter. That's it right there. Right there. I mean, in getting outscored in the fourth quarter, and it was actually the Celtics outscoring them in the fourth quarter, 25 to 20. But in the second half, one second, let me get those stats. The Celtics were outscored 66 to 50. 66 to 50. And you go into halftime... With a lead, and at the end of the day, Miami did close that gap, you know, pretty close to halftime. It was sixty-six fifty-seven going to half. Celtics so up by nine, but you're up nine at half, and you lose the game, getting outscored by sixteen in the fourth quarter. That can't happen, or in the second yeah. half. I mean, the third quarter usually belongs to the home team in basketball. That's when they, you know, they they make the halftime adjustments, and the crowd gets them going. The offense and the defense feeds off that. But no, it wasn't this game. Forty-six to twenty-five, Miami outscored yeah, them in the fourth. That was a shock. But um, another thing that was shocking was they didn't take as many three-point shots as they usually do. I don't know yeah. where that came from. You're right. Let me get those stats right here for you. The Celts in that game, Miami was 16-31 from three, 51% from three, which is elite. The Celts were 10-29, of 29, uh, which was good enough to be 34.5%. They're usually better than that. Yeah, Miami was 52%. 40 shots, I believe. They usually from take three, yeah, 35 to 43 is a game. You're right. Yep. So I don't... I, 
I, I don't know what I don't think Miami played any better perimeter defense, but uh, I mean I'm, I'm glad if, if they're driving to the basket, but Delta the kind of team where they you know usually live and die by the three. You're right, and guys that stepped up from three though in this game, Jalen was one of six from three, so he didn't. Horford was one for five from three, he didn't. I think Horford has to play better. I think Robert Williams, he's not, not a three-point shooter, but I'm just pointing out guys that have to play better from certain things. Brown has to shoot better. One of six and three can't happen. Tatum has to play better in the fourth quarter, not turn the ball over, turn the ball over less for Tatum and Brown, and Tatum has to obviously shoot better. Horford has to shoot better. He's one for five and three yesterday. Robert Williams, you have to take the, have to take the band-aid off. Rip it off, take the training wheels off, let him go to work. He had 14.7 rebounds yesterday with a block, six and six on the floor, very efficient. And then you look at it, Brogdon had to step up. I said, even though he's already playing good basketball, 19 points off the bench, 7 of 14 from 4, 2 of 4 from 3. He was good from 3, and White was great from 3. Derek White was 3 of 5 from 3. He was great. Brogdon and White have given us such great depth. I mean, they, they went right over, right around uh, Grant Williams, uh, who I don't know why he's not getting any playing time, but Brogdon was a, a great deal for the Celtics. And I, I think White has elevated his game. He's like one of the best defensive uh, guards. Like, He's blocking shots. On, he's like a rim protector sometimes. He had a steal last night. No blocks, but a steal. Yeah, you're right. He has gotten a good amount of blocks, too, in the playoffs. Yeah, For a smaller guard, he's been playing good, uh, you know, good defensively. And that's what he, that's what he must have done in San Antonio because uh, Greg Popovich loved him. And Popovich obviously, obviously loves fundamental basketball. You play good defense, limit turnovers, and play smart. Derek White, no turnovers yesterday with 11 points. So you'll take that's that true. any night. Yep. Uh, but as for Jimmy Butler, though, how about his heroics, though? Six steals. Six steals. You know Jimmy's going to give you what all he's got. 43 minutes of action, which is the most in the game yesterday. Uh, 43 minutes played, which is more than any player by two minutes, at least. Tatum played 41. 43 minutes. Jimmy Butler's going to give you everything he has every single night, every step of the way. And that's why he's one of my favorite players in the NBA. You're never going to not get 100% from him in the playoffs. Never. He leaves it all out on the court, no question. And, uh... I think everybody in the league knows it, that he's dangerous, more dangerous in the playoffs than he is during the regular season. Oh, 100%. You don't want to face him. I, you know, the Celtics didn't want to face him. No chance. He had a big three yesterday, which uh, it was at that point a seven-point game with a minute 27 to go. Hit a big three, made a 10-point game with a minute three seconds left, and that was the end of the game. Still down seven with a minute 27. You still have somewhat of a chance. But Tatum turned the ball over with the travel uh, for the second straight possession, second straight possession uh, which is obviously tough. He had a turnover with 258 to go with a bad pass. Jimmy Butler still. Fast forward, a few possessions later, two possessions later, Tatum had a bad turnover with the travel with a minute 57 to go. And then fast forward, another possession, and Tatum, after an Al Horford offensive rebound, travels for his third straight turnover with a minute 27 to go. I mean, that, that's just bad basketball. Then you look at the other side, Jimmy Butler hits a three. Obviously has a couple steals in between there. Has three steals in the fourth quarter. Hits a free throw at the end of the game. I mean, Jimmy in the fourth quarter is great. Eight points. Wasn't great shooting-wise. I think he was three of eight in the fourth. But uh, obviously gives you gives you his all, always. Always gives you his all. Always. Yeah, he's not a um, he's not a great outside shooter. But you, you, you can't stop him going to the basket. And, you know, when he posts up down low, uh, he, he's dangerous. 100%. Always. And you, and you know you have to factor in. He's going to give you it, everything he's got every single night. You factor that in when you do your scouting report. You know, we have to try to wait to slow, you, have, you have to try to find a way to slow him down, right? You can't let him just get to the lane with ease. He's not a great shooter, like you said. You know he's going to be driving down the lane full speed. You have to find a way to limit that. Spolster is yeah. a great coach, has great yeah. spacing, and he figures out a way. Okay, we don't have Tyler Hero. Let's turn Gabe Vincent into Max Struess 
into you know fifty percent, fifty percent of the shooter that Tyler Hero is, and then it makes it harder for the Celtics to stop him, to stop Jimmy Butler and the Heat overall, because none I, of those I, players are Tyler Hero. Besides oh Adebayo and, and, and Butler, those are the two town, two most talented players. Then Tyler Hero. Van Gundy noted it again. He said that look who got that assist, and it was Jimmy Butler. So he he, he recognized the double team, and then he looks for like Struess or Vincent on the perimeter, and then bang, you got an open look three. You're right. You're right. You look at it, Miami led in that game for 27 minutes. The Celtics held a big lead at one point, which it went away, obviously. I think they were up by, what was the largest deficit? I think it was like 12, 15? Yeah, somewhere around there. Let me see. I'm going to the, get the score here. Make sure I get that right. Uh, the Celtics were up 49 to 62. They're up by 13. From my eyes, I think that might have been the biggest lead. 13. Uh, and obviously that diminished quickly in the first in the second half, in the first part of the second half. Diminished quick. So look at the series overall. I think the Celtics win at seven. I think the Celtics win game two. Miami wins game three. The Celtics win game four. Miami wins game five. Celtics win game six and seven. That's my prediction. I'll take it. I'll sign up for it to advance to the finals. That would be that would be five wins for the Celtics there. So I think they win game two. I think they win game four. And I think they win six and seven. That's that's my prediction right there. And what do you think? Um, you think who I do you think, think wins game two and three? You're not going to give every every game across the line, but two. I think it's going to be two two after four. And the pivotal game five in Boston. I think the Celtics will finally use the home. You know, just like game seven. And I, I think the Celtics will win game five and can win game six down there. So that was my original prediction the other night in your show. I'll still take the Celtics and stick. Okay, I like that. I'll go Celtics and seven. I wanted to go Miami at seven so bad the other night, but I went with the Celtics in in, in seven. I wanted to go Miami at seven, not because I wanted, just because I think that's what's gonna happen. That's what I thought was gonna happen. I went with Celtics in seven since I was leaning that way. And you always tell me, have a gut reaction. You can't, as you know, Coach Boone said in in uh, Remember the Titans, you make a decision, you go with it, right? That's uh, right. You know, that's just golf. You're right. So I, I went with the decision that I went with Celtics in seven. I stayed with it. So I have the Celtics winning in seven games. I do think it's gonna be a dogfight, though. Uh, and here's a couple of takes here from Uncle Frankie, uh, the sports uh, aficionado. He said, what possessed Coach Missoula to bypass Grant Williams for Peyton Pritchard? I mean, yeah, Pritchard did get a couple minutes in the, third qu- in the fourth quarter. He's got three minutes in the fourth. I would agree with you. I don't know why Grant Williams doesn't play at all. He's a DNP. Yes, he did not play. I'm not sure what the take is there. I haven't figured that out yet. I haven't read anything like why. He, he hasn't played much in the playoffs. And Pritchard got 12, he- minutes in the fo- 12 minutes in the game yesterday. 12 minutes is a lot. But he hasn't played at all, uh, Grant Williams. But keep going. I'm sorry. I'm not sure. And, and you look at it, he also said, uh, he also made a good take as well. He said, you need more time load. Only 25 minutes and 30 seconds for, for Robert Williams. I agree. Robert Williams has to play 30 minutes. Has to play 30 minutes. If the Celtics want to win, he has to play 30 minutes. I agree. I, he's the rim protector we need. And Miami's not that big down low. So, I mean, Robert Williams can be a beast on the boards, both offensively and defensively in this series. And he said that Struess and, and Kayla Martin, that is, and then also uh, Max Struess, hit every three after Butler uh, drove and passed. You're right. I mean, he, it opens the floor very well. And they somehow found a way to turn Vincent Struess and Martin into the offensive production from three that Tyler Hero is. Martin was three of seven from three. Struess was three of five. Vincent was three of five. That's a combined nine for 17 from three between those three guys. That's impressive. Yep, no, it was Van Gundy that noted it a couple times during the game last night. So uh, he, he knows what's going on. 
You're right. You're right. And that, that, that's the thing with basketball, right? There's a lot of give and take, and you know what you're going to get. You know, you know Jimmy Butler's going to be driving down the lane, right? You can never expect those three guys. I mean, before this playoff run, before Tyler Hero got hurt, these guys weren't getting this many three-point attempts. But you can never expect those guys to hit all those open threes. But they did it. I mean, if you leave them open, NBA, NBA players should hit those threes. doesn't mean they're always going to do it. Those guys yesterday hit those threes in big moments and killed you. You know, and that, that's a problem. Well, they're capable. And, and again, if, if they're hot, they're very streaky. Uh, you can't leave them open. And he also said, Time Lord can't be stopped down low. You're right. I mean, he was great. Six to six in the paint. Six to six from the floor. That's great. That's what you want from every night. He was great defensively as well. Robert Williams is a great player. I think he's the X Factor on the Celtics. Had a block yesterday, 14 points, six to six on the floor, seven rebounds. That's a great night. Talking about Marcus Smart. Two steals, 11 assists, 13 points, adding in a block and 5 of 8 from the free throw line, which he needs to be better at. 2 of 4 from 3, 3 of 7 from the 4. That's a great Marcus Smart night. 13 points, 11 assists, 2 steals and a block. 5 yeah. of 8 from the line and 2 of 4 from 3. It'll be night. No question about it. You need, obviously, Tatum and Brown to be better on the 4th. You need to be better overall in the game as well. 1 of 6 from 3 and 1 of 9 from 3 with Brown going 1 of 6 and Tatum 1 of 3 from 3. 2 of 9 from 3 you can't have from those two guys. You can't. That'll cost you. And just two free throw attempts from Jalen Brown in the whole game, one or two from the free throw line, you need more free throw attempts from him. That means he's not driving and playing aggressive. You yeah, know? No, some passion uh, tomorrow night. I think the Celts win that game. Uh, and then as for the Nuggets and Lakers series, I think, I think the Nuggets win tonight. I think the Nuggets win in six. My prediction is Nuggets in one, which they did in game one. Nuggets winning in game two. Then I have the Lakers winning in game three. I have the Nuggets winning in game four. The Lakers winning in game five. I have the Nuggets winning in game six. That's my prediction. You had, did you have the Lakers and the Nuggets winning that series? I think I picked the Nuggets probably yes. in also. Six, was it? Yeah. I think, I think we both like the Nuggets. And then Unger Frankie also noted, Adebayo wanted no part of Robert Williams. I mean, yeah, Adebayo had a good game, but he, it, it is obviously a difference when you have Robert Williams on the floor. When Williams is on the floor, great you have to protection. great rim protection. Like you said you have to account for that. You have to account for that always. So it'll be obviously a dogfight tomorrow for the Celts. Tonight, even for the Lakers and Nuggets, I'm sure it's going to be another close one. The Lakers had a great comeback in that game the other night. Made it close. Didn't really get to watch much of that game since I was at the Dance of the Decades. So I got to tune in uh, just into the highlights afterwards. But Reeves was great in that game. I criticized Reeves. Didn't think he was capable of staying with that 15 points per game. 23 points, 8 assists, no turnovers. It was 5-9 from 3, 7-14 from the floor, and 4-4 from the free throw line. Very impressive. A lot of production out of him, yes. And then Anthony Davis, 40 points, 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, 3 steals, adding in 3 assists, 14-23 from the floor, and 11-11 from the free throw line. LeBron James, 26 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists, and a block. Also adding in 0-4 from 3. Uh, so obviously one thing I noticed, LeBron James has to shoot better from 3. He has to shoot better from three. AD has to play stronger. And I also noted in, they probably need uh, Russell, D'Angelo Russell, to have 15 points per game as well if they want to beat the Nuggets in the series. He went eight points. It was 0 of 3 from three and 4 of 11 from the line. You look at the other way. Nuggets, I said, if the, I said if the Nuggets want to win this series, which I think they're going to do, they need two guys to step up, KCP and Michael Porter Jr. Both of those guys did that yesterday or two nights ago now. KCP, 21 points, three assists, a block. It was three of eight from three, nine to 17 from the floor. And then you also had Jamal Murray, 31 points, five rebounds, five assists, four of eight from three, 12 of 20 from the floor. I know you like Jamal Murray a lot. Great player, huh? 
No, it seems like the Nuggets can, like the Celtics, they can light it up for 120, you know, on any given night. Definitely. And they, and they have so much depth. Michael Porter Jr., 15 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks, 3 assists, and 3. Bruce Brown, their fifth option. Fifth option. Jokic, Murray, Caldwell Pope, Gordon Porter Jr. So Bruce Brown's their sixth option. He had 16 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, off 1 of 1 from 3 and 6 and 11. Uh, 6 of 11 shooting from the, from the floor. Very impressive. Sixth option is Bruce Brown. Sixth option. And he's putting up those numbers. Yeah. Oh, that helps a lot. Yeah. Teams in the playoffs, you know, they generally only go like maybe seven or eight deep. So uh, to get that production with those guys, uh, you know, that that's why they're so successful, I think. It's impressive. It's impressive. It's not easy to do, obviously. So credit to the Nuggets. Big win. I think the Lakers win game three, then game five. And I think the Nuggets take the other, other four games. I think they win one, two. Uh, I think the Nuggets will win one, two, four, and six. So... We'll see you, though. Tonight, that is tonight, uh, is game two in Denver at 8.30 on ESPN. So tipping off in just about 25 minutes. So we'll see what happens there. So let's talk Sox. What do you got for the Sox? Obviously, you've won two of the last two games. Off night tonight. Taking two or three against Seattle after losing a bad game one. That's an accomplishment in its own, taking two or three there. And now they go and play San Diego, a very talented team who's struggling right now, but a very talented team nevertheless. I think the yeah, I think the Sox going to do okay. I mean, I, again, I, I I don't like the the slumps. You know, when they lose like three or four games in a row, um, but to come out of the series with Seattle winning the last two, with especially with the bats, and then Bale looked great last night. Um, and I think I heard today that Pavetta might be sent to the bullpen. Pavetta's going to the bullpen. It looks like is what Alex Cora said yesterday. Yep. So uh, you know, I, what is this like an eleven game road trip? Yep, uh, nine game road trip. Nine game road trip. Yep. <laughs> It's tied for the longest trip of the year. If they come back five and four, it's very possible that they can. I, I think that'll be a successful road trip. I would agree with you. Now we're four and six in the last ten games. We're still twelve and eight in the last twenty. So things are looking up there. Twelve and eight in the last twenty is tied with the Rays. The Rays are twelve and eight in the last twenty. And so are the Braves. Two of the best teams in baseball. Which this is one thing that's tied. They're also tied with the Rangers, Astros. You know, twelve and eight Diamondbacks, Rockies. Rockies are actually playing better baseball as well over the last twenty games. Twelve and eight over the last twenty. But one team that no one mentions when they talk, you know, good baseball teams right now, the Rangers. And, and credit to Nate Evaldi. Nate Evaldi's been unreal for them. 12-8 and eight in the last 20 games. They're 26-17 overall, which is the fifth-best record in baseball right now. Fifth-best record in baseball, the Texas Rangers. That was a team I liked going into this year. I still never gave my predictions. I have them all listed in a Google Sheet or an Excel file. Never edited. I have them all listed of, you know, every team, you know, my predictions. But the Rangers are a surprise team. I think they took two or three, I think it was, against the Braves, uh, which is impressive, which uh, the Braves, considering how good the Rays are, the Braves are the second-best team in baseball. But any other year, they're probably the best team in baseball. And I that, think with you know, like a high-priced free agent like DeGrom, everybody thinks, hey, you know, they start buying into, you know, that they can be a much better team, you know? So I, I think everybody's playing – Beyond their expectations. They took one of three against the Braves. I apologize. One of three. They lost yesterday 6-5. Uh, Nate Evaldi in that game. He was good with seven innings, three earned runs, two home runs, five strikeouts, two walks, 93 pitches across that stretch. But if you look at what he did heading into that game, so before last night, which obviously last night didn't go his way, probably you know winning is the most important thing in his eyes. It's not really all about stats. But heading into that game, his stats were elite. Let me get them really quick. Give me one second here. Um, let me look. Uh, but that's the thing, though. If you look at Nate Evaldi, look, he's been great for them. And, and with 
DeGrom being hurt, somebody had to step up, right? You, you, you need someone to step up. That's right. Uh, let me see. I was trying to get Nate of all these stats, though. He had a scoreless streak of something ridiculous. Avaldi scoreless streak. Let me see. I want to get that right. Never want to get it wrong. 29 two-thirds innings, which is the longest in the season. He had 29 two-thirds innings stretch where he didn't give yeah. up a run. Very impressive. Yeah. And with DeGrom on the IL, 15-day IL, somebody had to step up, and, it, and it's Evaldi. He's been great this year. Uh, so that's a surprise team. But as for the Sox, I know we wanted to talk Sox, but I, I like the way the Rangers are playing right now. Right now we're half game back of the Yankees with the fourth spot in the AL East. Eight games back of the Rays, but 24-20 overall is impressive considering how good the division is. Even though we haven't really had too many divisional games, being 24-20 is pretty good. Yeah, no, it's, it's just those couple of those losing streaks, like getting swept by Tampa, swept by Pittsburgh. Um, you know, if they can avoid those, which I think they're better than that, then I know they're going to be in the hunt for a wild card. I think they'll be right there. I think they'll be right there on the edge. Uh, if you look at some teams in baseball right now, they're struggling. The Yankees, 25-20, that's a team that went in with World Series expectations. It's a long season, they'll probably figure it out, but you went in with World Series expectations, they're struggling, right? The Padres, 20-24. They're struggling. The Mets, 21 and 23. They're struggling. So if the Red Sox to be 24 and 20 right now and have a better record than all, both of those teams in the uh, Mets and the Padres, both those teams being out of 500 and being just a half game back against the Yankees, uh, behind the Yankees, that's impressive. No, but I, uh, and, and don't forget how good Adam Duval was playing. And we should be getting the story back. And now Paxton had a great start his first time out. So things are pointed in the right direction. You're right, and, and hopefully it stays that way. Sox need that. They need that right now. Yeah, Paxton did throw pretty. He did throw pretty hot. He had what one earned run or two earned runs in five innings pitched, four hits, nine strikeouts with one walk. That's pretty good. It's like Sale. He kind of three great starts in a row. It, it's the hits. I mean, it's the hit and miss. You know, swings and misses. You know, and the strikeouts. That that tells me that you know these guys are finding their groove. I know Paxton. It's only one start, but. Sales done it three straight times now. He's putting up probably double digit strikeouts. Or he has. Nine. He, had, he had 11 strikeouts a few times, didn't he? Let me see. Yeah, I look at his. I bet it was two in a row with 11. He had 50, he's 54 Ks right now, 43 and thirds innings pitched. He had 11 Ks against the Twins on the 18th of April. Then no Ks, 5 Ks, 10 Ks, 9 Ks. So 9 Ks or more in three of the last five games, which is pretty good. Yeah. So two 10 plus 10, K, uh, 10 strikeout games. And pretty good. Two. 9 Ks. Lefties. You're right. You need that. And, and they're looking like they're starting to figure things out, which is good. You don't want to obviously, you know, jinx that. But uh, as for the bullpen, we talked about Pavetta, obviously, probably making a run out there. He has a 6-3 ERA and eight starts this year. Uh, 42 Ks and 40 innings pitch with 19 walks. 28 earned runs in those 40 innings pitch with 43 hits. 3-3 three and three record. He's probably going to the pen is what Cora said yesterday. And that, obviously, that, and that was a hole in the pen, which even though uh, Ryan Brazier wasn't great in the pen, I'm not saying he was great. You do lose a guy that would take the ball any given night. And even though wasn't a great pitcher, obviously 20 games, 20 appearances this year with a 7-2-9 ERA with 17 earned runs and 21 innings pitched, I'm not giving him a, you know, a, a crazy credit here. I'm not saying Brazier was one of the best relievers in baseball, but there was something to say when you give a guy the ball any given night, whether he's going into a game where they're down by five runs and the game's over or and they just need someone to throw to save an arm, or he's going into a game where he has to close. You know, he always picks up the ball. Uh, in, in Brazier. I know, you, obviously, Mom was a big fan of Brazier. She's not a, a big fan of him, but that's a guy you're losing now in the pen. And it designated for assignment. I'm not saying Brazier was one of the best relievers in baseball, which he isn't. But now there's a hole in the middle relief for a guy that would take the ball any given night. 
I don't know where uh, Pavetta's going to hold in. I don't know where Pavetta's going to be in that pen. He might be that middle relief guy. Yeah, no, I didn't have a big problem with him. I mean, he, he wasn't like a closer that had blown saves in the years he was here. But what's more concerning to me is like like Hulk the other night. A couple of times this year, when when a, a lineup sees you for the second and third time... Gets lit up. Over. You have to find a way to get through that if you're Tanner Hulk or even... Uh, Garrett Whitlock, was it Garrett Whitlock? Garrett Whitlock, yep, same thing, yep. When they went through the sixth inning just about, that's where he got hit around last year, Whitlock. Trying to wait through that to give the team five or six strong innings. I mean, if you look at the Red Sox ERAs in the rotation, right, among guys that have started this year, yeah. Kluber, 6-4-1 ERA. Bayo, 4-5-5 ERA. Whitlock, 6-1-9 ERA in three starts. Pavetta, 6-3 ERA in eight starts. Tanner Houck, 5-4-8 ERA in eight starts. Sale, 5-4 ERA in eight starts. Then you also add in a guy like Paxton, one start, 3-6 ERA. And Cuttercroft had started two games and seven appearances, 3-5-1 ERA. They really haven't had any consistency in that starting rotation, right? And if you look at it, Tanner Houck, if you would just get five really good innings out of him, he's probably your best pitcher if he doesn't see that second time around. I want him to be a seven-inning guy since I think he has Cy Young stuff. Do, am I saying he's going to be a Cy Young candidate? No. But his breaking ball is Cy Young break. It is Cy Young break. If you look at this rotation, it's wide open for who your race is, basically. Sale probably is your race, but who's that number two? Is it Bayo? Is it Kluber? It's not Pavetta anymore. Is it Whitlock? Is it Paxton? Is it Hoke? Hopefully they're all starting to get you know a little better with consistency. I like Sale finally come around. I think Bayo's had two good starts in a row now. Yeah, right. You're right. That's two times, so uh, it might take a while. The guys come around. Paxton can stay hot. Um, you know, Kluber, he he's concerning because he, he's it's like he's afraid to throw his fastball. Is that injuries? You know. Yeah, he has. He is afraid to throw the fastball. You're right. Has had a lot of injuries too to that elbow. The last couple of years, some tightness and stuff. I think he got Tommy John surgery. Let me see. Yeah. I think he got Tommy John at some point. Was it 2019, 2020? Yeah, he 2019 it was. Yeah. 2018 and then missed... Uh, 2019, missed most of the 2019 season and then all of 2020. So, that's tough. That's hard to do. You know, coming back from that. But, regards, I think the Sox will be right in the mix of things once September rolls around. You would agree? Or end of September rolls around. So, early like October. They've shown me enough, I guess, that, that I know they'll be in the hunt for a wild card, despite the tough division. I would agree with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing how things work out for them. Uh, I don't want to hold you too much longer. Is there anything else you want to add in? Any Giants, Celtics, anything? I always mention one thing about my Giants. Uh, I'm very optimistic with the season coming coming ahead with the, all the acquisitions they've made. Um, the only question probably remaining is uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I know they could franchise tag him, but didn't he say he didn't want to sign it yet? He's not going to sign a franchise tag, it doesn't look like. I don't think he plays on the franchise tag. I think he wants a three- to four-year deal at $15 million. The Giants most, I think, offered him at $13 million. Uh, I think it was four years, $13 million, or three years, $39 million, something like that. Uh, and he, he didn't want a part of that. So he wants a four-year deal, probably around $15 million. And looking around the NFL, the big contract running backs really haven't worked out too much. You know? Yeah, I, I I could see him leaving at some point, but um, hopefully the depth that we you know we've gotten this year we can fill in. But he he is a game breaker whenever he gets out in the open open field. So um, he would be a loss. But uh, what can you do? You you can't keep everybody happy. And that's the thing. I think look at the running back position in football. It's so undervalued now because what's more important, quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. 
those are important positions you need. You can't really survive without an offensive line, a good defensive line, a pass rush, and a good quarterback. Running backs are becoming undervalued, right? That's why a lot of people were mad that the Falcons took, uh, it was with the eighth overall pick, they took B. John Robinson out of Texas, right? Yeah. And people say, oh, they Tyler Algier, who was a 4.9 yard per carry rusher last year, 1035 yards, 1035 yards total, so 1,000 yards with three touchdowns. And here's, I think, the difference between, which I know drafting running back eighth overall, you're drafting him to be a superstar, right? The way I look at it is this. You're drafting B. John Robinson to win you games. No one really is afraid of Tyler Algier. And at the end of the day, Tyler Algier is not going to win you a game. He's not going to be, which I'm not trying to come at Tyler Algier. Obviously, he had a productive year as, you know, as, the, as their starting running back, even though I don't think he started. I was a starting running back you know, before the season began, but had a productive year, right? But I think, I think when you look at it, you draft a guy with a second overall pick as a running back to be that game-breaker, right? And when Saquon Barkley is on the field, he is a game-breaker. He can win you games. He did it for us this year. He can win you games. Just like B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson can win you games. Does that mean that you're, that you're going to give them the $14, $15 million contracts? I don't know. That's a question right there. Do I think Saquon Barkley's worth three years, $39 million? Yes, that's what I'd give him right now. Three years, $39 million. If he wants an extra half million per year, three years, $41 million, 13 and a half per year, with 23 guaranteed. That's what I'd give him right now. I don't know. That's, that's just a guess, though. But the point I'm making right now is you draft a guy in the first round, whether it's Bijan or Saquon, to win you games. And both those guys can do it. Not every day you're going to find a seventh-round pick, Isaiah Pacheco, who's going to win you games. You know? They're game-breakers. Anytime they touch the ball, they could, they could take it to the house. You're right. And, that, and that, that's a great point you made when you said Saquon's a game-breaker. That's why you want to see him back in the Giants uniform. Because Daniel Jones played better when he was out there. You know? He's a serious weapon. And that's the thing. That's the difference right there. So, I guess we'll see what happens there. And one thing the Giants did this offseason, Dexter Lawrence got a four-year, $87.5 million extension with $22 million as a signing bonus and $60 million guaranteed, holding a cap hit for this upcoming season of just $6.6 million. But then the next few years after that, $21 million, $21 million, $24 million, and $23 million. So, all the way up to 2027. Big deal there, obviously, money-wise, but only holds a $6.6 million cap hit for this upcoming season. That's one of the beauty things of you know giving a long-term contract is you can mess around with the cap space and the cap hit. So the Giants free up some cap space for this upcoming season to sign you know Deontay Banks, their first-round pick, and obviously sign the rest of those draft picks. Uh, how do you feel about that big deal there uh, for Dexter Lawrence? Well, he, he had a tremendous year last year, so I think he earned himself a new contract, and I, I hope he can keep up that ferocious play. Yeah, I mean, he obviously has stayed healthy. Four years, he's played in every single game but give me one second. I had the stats here. He's played in every game over his four years, but two. Every game. He's played yeah, in the two games. Tremendous. Which is very impressive. 64 games out of 66 potential games, if my math's right. Which is very impressive. And you look at what he did this year as the nose tackle, at, you know, at the D tackle position. Three passes defended, two forced fumbles. Also added seven and a half sacks, which is very impressive. 68 total tackles, seven tackles for loss, 28 quarterback hits. Was an all-pro as well, second-team all-pro, pro bowler two, and then total pressures, he had 36, which is very impressive. With only a 1.4% missed tackle rate. Wow. He had an 11.6% missed tackle rate as a rookie in 2019, 3.6 as a sophomore in 2020, 1.8 in his third year in 2021, uh, and then 2022, just 1.4% missed tackle rate. So very impressive. That's also with his sacks going up, 
just about every year. Two and a half, four, two and a half, and now seven and a half. With his total tackles going up every year, combined tackles 38, 53, 54, and 68, he deserved that money. Nine quarterback hits, 10 quarterback hits, 11 quarterback hits, 28 quarterback hits, and now the Giants have their defensive tackle for the future. Yeah, I mean, look how many times Leonard Williams was injured and, and missed games, and Dexter Lawrence is just the opposite. But they have the best defensive line of football right now, is what, the, is what I just read, the Giants, with A. Sean Robinson, uh, Nunez, uh, Roach Nunez, I think it is, or Nunez Roche, uh, Roche or something from the, yes, Rakim Nunez uh, Roche from the, uh, Roaches, is how you pronounce it, I apologize there, Nunez Roaches from the uh, Bucks. And then you also add in Leonard Williams as well. That's pretty good defensive line there. To bring a lot of pressure the way Martindale likes to uh, pressure the quarterback. Uh, 100%. So we'll see what happens with the Giants. Obviously, me and you are the biggest Daniel Jones fans. So we'll love to see Saquon Barkley back in the Giants uniform to help him out. But if not, I know we both love Gary Brightwell and what we saw from him. He's a dog. I'm Gary Brightwell's a beast. Yeah. I think he can be a legitimate starting back if he gets those opportunities. I see the speed of him. I see the shiftiness. I see the cuts. I see the, the, the determination. He's been working hard in the offseason. I've seen his Instagram. He wants it more than anyone. I, I think you're right. You were right about Wayne Gallman. If he, if he just gets his chance, he, he can be the number one back. Part of, part of the reason I like Gallman so much because we saw him play against BC when you know when he was playing for Clemson in 2015 or 2016. We saw that game-breaking speed. and that and He wasn't the fastest player in the field, Gallman. But it's when he had the ball in his hands in the open field with those cuts, he looked like the fastest player out there. Yeah, he's strong too. He, you know, he, he's tough to bring down. Built six one, six foot six one, big guy, built like yeah. a brick wall. So, yeah, right. Anyways, Paul, I don't, I won't hold you too much longer. But thank you so much for coming on every single episode this year. It's much appreciated. I get my passion of in sports from you, so much appreciated. Uh, and as I said, I would not have been able to do any of this without you. So thank you so much for everything. All right, it's been a pleasure all year, and we're looking forward to graduation on Monday. And um which should be a great celebration for all of us. So congratulations to you. Much appreciated. Wouldn't be here, whether it's BC, in the studio, graduating, you know, anything, every step of the way you've been there for me. So thank you. And I know you'll probably be emotional on Monday, I'd imagine, since how much you love, B since how much we all know you love BC. It'll be tough to say goodbye, as it will. It'll be, it'll be a, an emotional moment, I'm sure, for everyone with, you know, your last kid graduating from college. But Always a pleasure, though, you know, talking sports. It's always a pleasure, obviously, being on this campus with you for the football game. So we'll be back, obviously, in the fall for football games, and we'll see what the future holds. Not too sure yet what I'm doing, but uh, we'll obviously keep you know, our eyes open to see what the future holds. It will be bright, I'm sure of that. Much appreciated. Just like uh, Steve Adazio said, not sure what the future holds. It'll come together, though, and it'll be beautiful. Just like, hey, High and Bloom right. said, we're going to do this, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Right? And just like, uh, just like Donna Holmes said in that video I showed you last week, right? He said about, you know, going through struggles. He said there's beauty in that darkness and that, you know, everything's making you stronger every step of the way. You know what I mean? So everything's gone us to this point here and, you know, we don't know what the future holds. But whatever I'm doing right now is building me, hopefully, for the future. Absolutely. You, you put in the work and you have the passion. That equals success. So uh, keep on that path. Well, thank you so much, Paul, always. Much appreciated. Hope you have a great rest of your night, and I'll have you back on the podcast. And if I'm ever live in the studio again, which I hope to do this summer at some point, you'll be back okay. on, I'm sure. Sounds good, Joe. Thanks. Ed. Thank you, Paul. Have a great rest of your night. Appreciate it. You too. Bye Thank bye, you. Bye-bye. So there you go. There was Paul, the Sports Encyclopedia, back on just one last time here live in the studio. 
Uh, I'm going to have my cousin Maureen come on just one last second here uh, to close out the episode. So just give me one second to coordinate with her. I'll talk with her for a few minutes and then I'll close this episode uh, with the whole breakdown of all the thank yous I got to give out to everyone that's listened every step of the way. So give me one last second here, get Maureen on, and I'll be back with you guys in just about one minute. Thank you. So here we are back live here with Mo O'Malley. How are we doing, Maureen? Thank you so much for coming on. Joey, Mickey and I, Mickey, your godmother and I, have listened to you as many weeks as we possibly can. Half the time we have no idea what you're talking about. You're <laughs> not sports people, and we have learned so much from you. But I wanted to thank you for this show because you show up every single week. You leave everything on the court. You put 100% out there. You are amazing. And this show has taught us so much, not just about sports, but about what it is to be a good person, because that is what you are. And I saw a picture of you today in front of the Golden Eagle, yep. and what kept going through my head was, fly, eagle, fly. Joey, we can't wait to see you fly. We love you. Thank you so much for all you've taught us, and we can't wait for your next show. Thank you so much, Mari. That really does mean a lot to me. Every single word you said there is absolutely brilliant and really nice to you. So thank you so much. Very well said and such a great compliment. I don't think I've got, ever gotten a better compliment. So thank you so much. I appreciate all the support. Thank you, Mickey, as well. Both of you guys. I would yeah, not be here without you. such a treasure. Honestly, really and truly, I don't know what we're going to do if we can't listen to you anymore. I'll figure but something out. Mickey is such a joy and you Thank you so much for all the kind words and thank you guys so much for always listening in. I really don't have any words to even explain my gratitude and appreciation. It really does mean a lot to me, truly. Thank and you for letting us jump on here because you know neither one of us has any idea what we're talking about. You guys, know, you guys know your patriots, Tom Brady. We can talk the glory days, Brady. But, oh, uh, we can definitely talk about Tom Brady and his plastic surgery. Yeah, we can talk about that. Too Tom Brady anymore. <laughs> you guys know your patriots for sure and I know you guys are big Giants fans, so we won't talk Giants, but uh, I appreciate that. Everything you guys said and always listening in, I wouldn't be able to do this show without people like you guys and my parents uh, always supporting me. So you're I wouldn't be in a position without you guys. You're here because of the Giants, Joey, so we are Giants fans. We, we have to be because of that. We ha- technically have to be, right? I mean, exactly. I'm already, but we, you know, as a collective group, all have to be because of that. But uh, it does mean a lot to you guys always listening in. I, I understand, you know, everyone's always says, is busy and... Much appreciated. Thank you so much. And I know, I understand people, you know, got things going on and even just listening to one episode means a lot to me. Even it's five minutes. So listening into this is my 36th live one of the year and 160th overall between last year and this year. And you guys listened yeah. in just about every step of the way. So thank you so much. It does mean a ton. 36 from September to now I did live on air. You're amazing. Congratulations, so, Joey. Really, yeah. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Can't I can't wait to see where you fly. I, I can't wait to see you guys on Monday, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing where I fly too. But you know, we'll see we'll see what we get, you know, and obviously we'll see what the future holds. But I wouldn't be, you know, where I'm at now and wherever I'm at in the future. I, I credit a lot, a lot of that to you guys, and obviously my parents and my siblings and everybody well, around me. Because you know, well, you were a second mother. Like I always said, me. you were a second mother. I always said, didn't I? You did. I love you so much, Joey. Congratulations. Love you so much, and love you too, Mickey. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. All right. Love you guys. Love Thank you. you so much. Have a great rest of your night. Love you. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. Love Thank you. you. Bye. Love you. Bye. So that was a great way to close things. I got a text from Maureen just about 45 minutes ago, and she said 
she'd love to come on and, and, and just say something really quick. And at the end of the day, I always try to get as many people on here as possible. And I always say, if people don't want to talk sports, that's fine. I mean, my friend JD came in here and doesn't really know as much about the Mets and, you know, the Red Sox and all that. But I said, hey, we'll talk soccer. I mean, we can talk anything. That's why we talk, you know, intramurals and, you know, dances and stuff like that and senior week. Because I like the show being, I love it being about sports, but I like it being open to anything. You know what I mean? I like being able to talk about whatever's going on. If I have a big exam, what's going on, you know, if it's beautiful weather outside. I like to mention things on the outside as well. Like Harry Styles winning, you know, being uh, one of my best album of the year. I like pointing those things out because it doesn't have to be just about sports. Even though I do love sports and that's my passion, I like being able to talk about other things and relate to other things. So it's not every person in the world is going to have the passion of sports that I do and my dad does, you know, and I understand that. But people listening in, like the O'Malley family, like the Keith family, like the Loftus family, like Auntie Lisa, like my Uncle Frankie, like Cub, like everybody I can mention there. My Aunt Teresa, Frankie John, I can mention a million people there. The sports guru, Mike Curley. I mean, everybody that listened in every step of the way, and even if you're not the biggest sports people, like the O'Malley's just said, and then also, uh, you know, our really good family friend, Mary Keefe, which Brian Keefe's a big sports fan, but I know Mary said before she doesn't really, you know, know much about sports, but she loves hearing my podcast. It means a lot to me. Even if you don't even care about sports, just listening in for a minute means a ton to me, it means the world to me. And that's something I really can't put into words, all my gratitude and appreciation. Since realistically, I wouldn't be in this position right now without all the support. I remember I was sitting at home July of 2021, or it was August of 2021, just about to move back into BC. I was home sophomore year, so I'm moving back into BC for the first time, going into junior year, and I said, I'd love to start a podcast. And my friend Zach and I, we started a playbook with Joey and Zach, which hopefully we're going to do one more episode before we're out of here. Or even if it's just a podcast upload, I don't know if it's going to be live on air or not, but... I went into last year, June year, saying, I love talking sports. I'd love to start a podcast. And I did the radio show with him. Then we got into the summertime last year. I got home May 24th. And since May 24th of last year of 2022, so May 24th of 2022, I've had 155 episodes. This will be my 155th episode. And if I look at it, I don't even have one episode without the support from you guys. And at the end of the day, people look at it as a, you know, obviously I love sports and it's about obviously loving sports, but I know some people might look at it as, a, oh, you're putting in a lot of time and even if it's just 10, 12, 15 people listening in, some people might not see it as worth it. I see it as worth talking sports even if no one's listening, but even if just one person's listening, that means the world to me, even if it's just for a minute. And a lot of people always say, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Show, and you know, I had this going on. I understand it. You know, life gets in the way sometimes and, that, and, I, and, and just the text and the thought is all that matters to me. And listening in to just one episode, that's all that matters to me. Because that shows the support. You take time out of your day just to listen to one episode, that means the world. And taking the time to listen to a full episode, which we're now on to two hours and 18 minutes. And I've been in here since about six or seven o'clock just about, or more than that actually. I've been in here since about six o'clock, six ten. And people have been listening in, even if it's just for five, 10, 15, 20 minutes. I mean, that's just, that's something I can't even put into words. How thankful I am and appreciative I am. And I know if I look at it, and I don't mean to make it even emotional, and I hope I don't get emotional because I want to be able to finish this, and obviously my voice is already at 40% capacity as is. It does mean a ton to me. From the bottom of my heart, every single person that listened in, it means the world. Tommy Jordan, Maureen O'Malley, Mickey O'Malley, 
Mary Keith, Brian Keith, Tim Loftus, Timmy Loftus, Matt, thank you so much for coming on always. My buddy Dylan who came on. Peter Amara, the Northeastern Hockey Superfan. JD, Dan, Will, BK, the Sports Encyclopedia, Paul, the Sports Aficionado, Frankie, the Sports, uh, the, the sports uh, Betting Prodigy, Paul Gerard, Cap Curley, Fat Hosey, Mark Walsh, the Legend, the Hockey Icon, Liam Kenny. Just every step of the way. Joey Hosey, the St. Michael's ace. James Hosey, the king of Dorchester. I think I just got just about every single guest that's come on the show. Adding in Chris Cattillo and Rob DiLoretto as well. Uh, they were on my podcast last year. But yeah, the sports, uh, it was the sp- primetime sports podcast uh, with everyone else in there. But Chris Cattillo and Rob DiLoretto, they came on to the playbook with Joey and Zach. But it doesn't matter. I'm combining both shows for the sake of this. I, I can't even put into words how appreciative I am. I'm so, so appreciative and thankful for this opportunity. And being able to come to the studio after a long Tuesday, which Tuesday was a long day for me. Class 10.30 to 1.30, and then I'd have a break, and then I'd have class 4.30 to 6.50, and then come into the studio at 7 and, and, and get in here to, to put a show on. And uh, there were a few times where I was like, after a long day where I had two exams last week, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. When I had the two exams last Tuesday, I was like, it's going to take a lot of the two exams to come into the studio. But I looked at it and said, I have the pleasure and the opportunity just to go one more time to the studio. And one day I'm not going to have that opportunity. And I hope to come back here during the summer and put on some live shows. I'm even thinking of doing an Instagram live or YouTube live to still do some live episodes. I'll still do my podcast uploads to Spotify and and iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts and YouTube, and I still got to get it on Apple Music as well. But I wanted the opportunity to come to the studio on just any given Tuesday night like I did this past year. That's why I never want to miss an opportunity. Even if I had a long day, I want to come in here and, and talk sports since I know people will be listening in. And I never want to talk for two and a half hours because I know people have busy lives and everyone has things going on in their life. Whether good or bad, I know people are busy with things. Whether they're busy or not, still to take the time out of your free time to listen to this is something I can't even describe how appreciative I am for. And I look at a lot of things in life, right? I mean, this is a big change. Graduate college Monday, I mean, it's a big change. And it, it, it's, it's a weird feeling, I, sh- I, I could say. It's a weird feeling because it went by so quick, the four years. It really was three years on campus, two and a half years on campus, then a year and a half or three and a half semesters at home or two and a half semesters at home. So two and a half semesters at home and then the other five and a half semesters on campus. But, or was I right there? Yeah, two and a half semesters at home and then it would be, yeah, five and a half semesters on campus. But if I look at my time here, I mean, it just went by in a blink, in a blink. And I try to not take, you know, moments for granted. I know in the past, I mean, it's happened where, you know, things are going right, things are going wrong. Sometimes you take moments for granted because you're thinking about other things, whether or not, Things are great in the moment and things are bad in the moment. Sometimes you dwell upon those bad things and you're not looking at what's in front of you. But I know over the past few weeks, I started looking at everything I had in front of me and I'm very appreciative of everything. Coming to BC, I mean, at the end of the day, I was between BC and Northeastern and I ended up coming to BC and I look at my time here and I'm appreciative of it. There are a lot of good people I met at this school. A ton. And I had a lot of great opportunities here. A ton. The Sports Analytics Club, the Sports Business Society, the Sports Radio Club, WZBC. 
and there's a lot of good things that I, uh, that I can be thankful for. And credit to Logan Ryan. I'm going to play a quick clip from him, former New York Giants safety, played for the Patriots for a long time as well, won a few Super Bowls with them. He was talking about a time where a Giants trainer saved his wife's life when she had a problem with the pregnancy. The trainer told the wife to go to the hospital, ends up saving her life. And Logan Ryan talks about how thankful he was for the Giants organization. I'm going to play a quick clip from there because uh, I think it relates to how thankful he was in that situation to how I am for everyone listening here and every step of the way. So give me just one second to play it. There. And that's the type of organization that we have here. And honestly, I, didn't, I wasn't going to talk about that. That's what, you know, and my kids are okay. My wife is recovering well. She's okay. This happened, you know, all yesterday. And Joe said, you know, if you need to fly to Florida, don't worry about football. And that's what Joe is as a man and as a coach. I know we care about X and O's and winning and losing, but there's really good people here. That's why I came here. There's really good trainers here. There's really a lot of people behind the scenes that are working really hard for us to get wins. I can't to play for a coach like that and play for an organization like this because, you know, if that wasn't the case, I don't know if my wife would be here. Uh, um, and honestly, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for this organization and for Joe and for everyone to understand, you know, things bigger than football, especially this year. So I look back, right? at my time here, right, at BC, and and I think a lot of what Logan Ryan said there, you look at life as a lot of X's and O's, winning and losing, right? We look at everything as winning, right? And sometimes in life, like Donnie Holmes said last week, you have to lose in order to win, right? You have to learn to lose to win. And what Logan Ryan said in that clip was, there were a lot of good people here. And that's one thing I took away from BC. Of course, you're going to have struggles. That's just part of life. But there are a lot of things, though, that I'm grateful for here, and a lot of people I met. And a lot of opportunities I had here that I'm appreciative of. And I look back at my time here and everyone that listened in every step of the way, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So like Logan Ryan said, there's a lot of good people he met in the Giants organization. That's a reason he went there. And there's a lot of great people at BC. So we'll see what the future holds. Maybe I'll be back here one day and hopefully I'll be back in the studio here at least one more time over the summer, two times over the summer. And we'll see what the future holds. I'll keep you guys posted about that. But thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart every step of the way for listening in. And for everyone listening in, I mean, we're at two hours and 25 minutes right now. And if you listened in for even five minutes, I mean, that's five more minutes that you took out of the day that you, that you didn't have to. 35 episodes live on air. This is my 36th live on air this, uh, this year. For my senior year, 24 last year, my junior year. 60 live episodes on air. And then you add in my 155th episode for my podcast with also 24 last year for the uh, Playbook of Joey and Zach. So that's 179 total episodes. And I have a lot of people that I'm very appreciative of and grateful for for listening in every step of the way. And I'm going to name a few, and a lot of these people are people I've already named, and, and I'm going to name them again because they, they deserve it. Mary and Brian Keefe, Frankie, Teresa, Chris and Frankie, Lisa, Timmy, the whole Loftus family, the whole Keefe family. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Auntie Lisa's always listening in. I appreciate it. Mickey, Maureen, Tommy Jordan, thank you so much for listening in. The O'Malley's, the Keefs, the Loftuses, big, big fans of the show, and I wouldn't be in this position without them. Same thing with my Uncle Frankie, always coming on and contributing through texting, just like Tim Loftus, always contributing through text. It's something I'm very appreciative of. I'm so, so thankful and appreciative 
for everyone. And one thing I didn't mention, I wanted to just give it just one second. It's own my family. To my parents, thank you so much for everything and all the support every step of the way. Once again, I mean, I'm not graduating from BC on Monday without them. And there's a lot of people I could name here. A ton. A ton of people, including a good amount of people I met here at BC. Like Father Gustafson, who I just went for a walk with today. He was a former uh, deacon at Gatehaven Church in Southie, and now he is a Jesuit here at BC uh, studying uh, in, in grad school. But I had a great walk with him today. Another great person I met you know, in Southie, and then also at BC, I have the opportunity to see him around. And even today, we were supposed to go for a walk uh, at 12 o'clock, walk the reservoir, and at 12 o'clock, today was the uh, Ascension Thursday, so there's usually a Mass at 12 o'clock on Thursdays, but since finals were over on Tuesday, they don't have that 12 o'clock noon Mass that they typically do. But in the Bulletin at St. Ignatius Church, they said, that, they said there was a 12 o'clock Mass, so people were coming in at 12 o'clock for a Mass. He's coming outside to go for a walk with me, and he says, I might have to go in and say Mass right now since there's people in there. And he ends up saying the Mass. I end up going, coming off the bench just like he came off the bench. He came off the bench and made a play, did the Mass. Uh, and then for me, he you know, presided, the mass, uh, presided. And then for me, I came off the bench and did the readings. And, I, that, and that's something, you know, you don't get in any other school. You don't really see, you know, those people that would say, oh, there's 20 people coming into Mass right now and... Uh, you know, I, I have to go say Mass because there's 20 people that thought there was a Mass here, even though there isn't, even though it isn't his fault. He comes off the bench, makes a play, says a Mass. I mean, you don't get that opportunity, you know, to make, you know, something happen like that every single day. Even though it's something big, it's only one Mass, right? Essential Thursday, obviously a big day in the year. But if you look at it, right, next year, I mean, I'm not going to be on campus probably walking around with an opportunity to, you know, help out and say Mass for 20 people, you know, do the readings, right? And that's, an opportunity I look at here at PC, and there's a lot of things I'm thankful for. And that walk today with him was great. Appreciative of that, and that's something I, you know, I don't hold, uh, hold lightly. So thank you so much, everyone I already named in. Uh, and everyone that already came on the show, I already named you guys, but thank you guys so much. To everyone that came on tonight, Dan, JD, Paul, Mickey, Maureen, thank you guys so much. Uncle Frankie, thank you so much for the text. Tim Loftus, thank you so much for the text all year round. And same thing with Mary Keith and my family. Thank you guys so much. Shout out to my brother Michael as well. Shout out to April of Jet Boston as well uh, for all your workout needs. Go to Jet Boston. Great training program there. My brother Michael's been getting in shape over the last few years, and he's looking great, looking like he's ready to play for the Giants this next upcoming year. So there's your shout out, Michael. Uh, and shout out to all my siblings, every one of them. Wouldn't be able to graduate college on Monday and, and walk across that stage without them. So it's not me doing it. It's, it's us doing it. We. It's not I. It's we. Uh, it's all of us doing it together with my godparents, Mickey and Tommy, with Maureen, my siblings, my parents. All of you guys are walking there with me, including my two uh, mentors from Minds Matter, Boston, Phil and Paul, Cheech from Southie. I mean, I just named it 10 people there, 15 people there, but there's so many more people in between. And shout out to Mike Brennan, shout out to Steven as well, and the sports guru, Mike Hurley. Uh, Mike Hurley's come on a good amount, and Steven even was my first call-in actually last year, so... Thank you so much, Stephen, being my first one. And then for Mike Hurley, thank you so much for always coming on. And Mike Brennan, you're the absolute goat. Uh, so there's my shout-outs, and shout-out to Dominic as well. Can't forget him. But thank you guys so much for listening in. Much appreciated, as always. We'll see what the future holds. I'll let you guys know. But this is my last live episode here in the WZBC AM Sports Studio. Two hours and 30 minutes. Pretty good last way to, you know, to end everything and obviously uh, put a bookend and, and, and close the book. 
Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening in. It's much appreciated. I'll keep you guys posted on the future. I walk on Monday after that. Not too sure what things hold, but we'll keep things positive and see how things go. But I'll definitely keep the podcast going and keep your eye out for live episodes on YouTube Live or on Instagram Live. We'll see how things go there. But uh, definitely we'll be back in the studio at some point this summer for an episode with all my boys from Dorchester. So thank you guys for listening in. Much appreciated. Hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Hope you guys have a great summer. Hope to see you guys all soon. Whoever's listening in, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll see you guys all uh, on Graduation Monday for everyone that's listening in. And if not, Graduation Monday at my graduation party. So thank you guys for listening in. Hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Thank you again. And I will see you guys again soon. Here I am, Joey Mayer Lowry, closing off for one last time. Joey Mayer Lowry closing off one last time here in the WZBC AM Sports Studio. Hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Thank you guys again. Take it easy. Stay safe and stay well. Thank you.